Hey everyone, welcome to the first Sunday night episode of Points and Penalties, episode 17. We want to remind you to please subscribe wherever you get your pods and give us a like and follow on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Points Penalties. My name is Yosh, and with me are my co-hosts Pedro, Sneezy, and Kevin. Kevin, what are you drinking tonight? I'm having a, uh, a Cerveza Mexican Lager done by Riverhead Brewing Company, Kingston, Ontario. It's a 4.5 beer. Good. Peter, what are you drinking? Thanks, Kev. I'm drinking a Great Lakes Brewing Burst, a New England Pale Ale. You went after uh, what I had last week, got a Great Lakes and got one here for yourself. It was in the LCBO and it looked cool because it's got an explosion on the can. All their (laughs) cans look awesome. (laughs) Because mine was the octopus that wants to fight last week. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's good stuff, too. It's 4.5%, then first couple of sips, it's pretty good. Jesse, what are you drinking? I am drinking a local beer, Black Swan. It's called Road Trip. It is a golden ale, and it is only 4.7. So it's a bit of a weak beer for me. But, uh, Josh, what are you drinking? Well, I brought out the big guns today, boys. I didn't know you guys were going four and a half percent. I almost doubled you with an 8.2% strong beer. I got an IPA number 15 from Collective Arts. It's a little citrusy and uh, it's very tasty. I'm could be because I've already been about six deep uh, today. So maybe <laughs> that's why it's extra tasty, but I do like it. So uh, cheers to Collective Arts and uh, cheers to you guys on our first Sunday night episode. Yeah, for sure. Sunday night, we've all been drinking all day on a beautiful sunny day. Finally. It's <laughs> it's going to be a, a good show, I think. going to be a good show. So, let's dive right into the Leafs update. They are 0-1-1 and in the final week, winless in the final week. Lost in overtime against the Sens and lost their final game in regulation to the Jets. Both games were meaningless standing-wise. Uh, with the possible exception of in the third round of the playoffs, if you make it to the third round, the four teams that make it get reseeded based on their regular season standings. So it potentially could have mattered for that if the Leafs happened to make it that far. But otherwise, meaningless games. And we're just glad that nobody got hurt. Because we're rolling into the playoffs. And the Leafs are playing the Habs for the first time in over 40 years, not since 1979, have they played the Habs in the playoffs. I'm fired up for this. Hell yeah. Oh, six years old. I wasn't even a twinkle. (laughs) Me either, buddy. (laughs) So the Leafs-Habs series this uh, regular season, the Leafs went 7-2-1. They are heavily favored in this matchup. The only matchup with a stronger favorite is the Colorado Avalanche against St. Louis. So all things are pointing towards the Leafs winning this year, this series. The only thing I think that is potentially Montreal's chance of winning is if, uh, if their goaltender stands on their head. I don't know if it's going to be Price or if it's going to be Allen or a combination of both. But I, the only way I see them winning this thing is if those guys, one of those guys, stand on their head, and if the Leafs goaltending lets them down a little bit. Yeah, I saw a meme the other day, and it was uh, 
it had a little bracket. So it was Edmonton versus uh, Winnipeg on the one side and the other side of the North bracket was the Leafs and a bye. (laughs) (laughs) So obviously the the joke was that Montreal has no, no chance. So uh, I like that. I thought it was pretty funny and yeah, it's good times. That's that's a little bit overconfident, I think. I mean, they're still they're still a playoff team. It's, it's not it's not a gimme, and it's the least they haven't won a first round playoff series since I think 0405. That's what I was gonna say. Was they got to get past this round to be yeah. Yeah, anything sure. more than what they have been in the last bit? So, and Price is more than capable with his playoff experience of standing on his head for sure. Yeah. Now I don't think he is the Price of old. I think he's uh, he's aged out of that a little bit, but he's still uh, if he's playing. I don't even know if he's if we know if he's playing. Well, so is Allen. Allen's pretty friggin' old too. Yeah, I mean, but they're both they're both still strong goalies. So I don't know. Maybe they stand on their head. At least last year they played decent against Columbus, but goaltenders just completely shut them down, and they ended up losing that and not making the Stanley Cup playoffs. Uh, so hopefully that won't happen again this year. And uh, another issue that hopefully the Leafs can get over that has been continuing to nag them is their power play. They've only gone four for 40 in their last 16 games. There's 10% on the power play, which is not good enough. So hopefully uh, they can make some changes to the power play and get together for the playoffs. But I did see, uh, I saw a tweet today about some revised lines for their play, uh, their power play for the playoffs. And it looks like they have shook it up quite a bit. So hopefully that helps them turn it around on the power play. The power play can mean a winner or loss in the playoffs sometimes. Just the power play was, sh- was shaken up or, or everything? Well, their entire lineup will be shaken up because you have guys like Bradley Nash uh, who hasn't been able to play because salary cap restrictions that are now no longer applicable kibosh yeah yeah is uh, that kind of dangerous to be doing that right now like right when you flip flip the season like you guys like that's what i was gonna say like you guys have been playing great minus the power play so it just it just seems kind of weird to shake up all the lines like i get switching up the power play because of hot garbage yeah. right now so the good news is they've been shaking up the lines mostly throughout the season they keep some of the core pieces in the same place like matthews marner and Tavares neilander stay in the same place all the time but there's been lots of changeover outside of that. Lots of uh, blendering, I guess, if that's a word. Blendering? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody challenge him. We're, we're a few beers deep, boys. We're a few beers deep. <laughs> but it's a good problem to have. What they essentially have is they have too many forwards that are capable of playing meaningful minutes in the playoffs than there are spots available. Except for on the power play. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you look at the power play, it looks on paper like it should be great, but just not going to get done. Don't worry about the power play, man. They're blendering. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are bricks. Yeah. So one stat I did see that is just fantastic, and I hope it's very prophetic. The Leafs and Habs have played. Over their lifetime, I guess. They met 15 times in the playoffs. And 14 of those 15 times, the winner of that series has gone on to win the Stanley Cup. 
there's only been one time that the winner didn't win at all. Oh. I really hope that that's a trend that can continue this year when the Leafs beat the Habs in round one. Yeah. It'll hopefully lead to a uh, first Stanley Cup since 67. I can't believe that's only been 15 times. You would think it would be way more, especially from back in the day. Like, there was only six fucking teams. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was another question I was going to ask. Is the four of the 15 times was like when there was six, te- six teams? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> A lot of them, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so those numbers are pretty skewed. Whatever, dude. You kiss the guy. <laughs> Actually, Peter. <laughs> hey, we, I wasn't the one that kissed the guy. We've been over this. I was kissed by a guy. It's different. Did you like it? It was okay. He smiled. Sixty-nine <laughs> percent. Um, of the teams who win game one usually go on to to the next round to the next round. So I just think that's a pretty stellar number. 69%. Atta boy. You like the number or the percent? Yeah, sure. Or the action. <laughs> or the action. <laughs> uh, hey, I think uh, at least three of us uh, hope that the Leafs win the first game, beat the Habs and go on to win the cup. You know, I can't say the same for Jesse, but I'm pretty sure I can say the same. I'll, for, uh, I'll be bored if you if they don't make it out of the first round. Yeah, for sure. They'll <laughs> <laughs> be just be chirping the whole time. <laughs> yeah, I have nothing left to chirp except couldn't get out of the first round again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so first round matchups are all set. Some of them have started as we're recording this Sunday evening. I think there's been three games played so far. Three today, one yesterday, I believe. Okay. I just want to run through the series real quick and tell you who I think is going to come out on top. And you can let me know uh, if you think I'm an idiot. Uh, So first series I have, Caps versus the Bruins. So the Caps did win the first game of this series. So I guess they have uh, 69% odds to win. (laughs) They do. Apparently. But I think I'm going to go Bruins. I think they're going to come back. Caps have some uh, serious goaltending woes. I think. Now they do. Now that they have Anderson back in net. Yeah. Anderson, who turns 40, uh, I think, next week. So, yeah, I'm going to say the Bruins are going to come back and uh, win that series. Second series, Pens versus the Islanders. You know what? I'm going to go with the upside here. I think the Islanders You're dumb. are going to take it from the Pens. <laughs> now, the Pens, like... The, to me, this series is a coin flip. I can see it going either way. But I think I'm going to go Islanders. Penguins have a lot of experience. They yep. do. And they just added uh, Jeff Carter, who's been playing really well. Maybe a stupid choice, but I'm still going Islanders. I'm sticking to my guns. Fuck you guys. That <laughs> <laughs> uh, brings us to Avalanche Blues. Uh, I'm going Avalanche all the way here. Um, I don't think the Blues have much of a shot in that series. No, Golden Knights versus the Wild. Uh, I've got the Golden Knights uh, winning that series. Uh, although I think they did lose today. So they are down in the 69% pool. <laughs> I, I had the Knights on this one. They're just, uh, they're a pretty damn good team. So yeah, they're I figured they'll, they'll eventually be able to overcome. Even if they did lose today, they'll overcome it, I think. 
I was going to take the underdog and go with the wild. I was going to say there's experience there too with uh, the Golden Knights as well. Yeah, for sure. Kevin, which, I, which, which, which I think is huge in, in the NHL playoffs. Oh, absolutely. It is. It's a different game there. And it's actually when I enjoy watching hockey is the playoff because it's just a different game, a lot more hitting, a lot more aggressive te- uh, players out there. And it's just, it, I enjoy hockey when I watch playoff hockey. It's a totally different style of hockey. And I think it's the most, the, the biggest change from regular season to playoff in any sport is hockey. Yeah. It, it gets way more intense than obviously every sport gets more intense, but for me, hockey just, it's just that much more intense than any other sport when they go into their playoffs, even yeah. including football and football is just the 16 games you lose and you're done. Yeah. See, I, I think baseball is huge in the postseason too. It gets really intense and everything like that. And mm-hmm. as we've seen before, like huge moments happen there and it just, you actually pay attention more in the postseason of baseball because of one, there's a, there's 162 games, not, so that's the reason why you would watch baseball more because every game matters at that point. Yeah. Not so much sure. in the regular season. Yeah. But I agree with you, Josh. I think that the NHL is, uh, is the biggest change. It's. Oh, I agree with, I agree with Josh as well. I just, I, I just thought baseball was in there. And like you said, football is one and done. So like anything can happen. In, in yeah, football. exactly. Yeah, but I think the NHL is the only sport where the actual rule book changes in the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Unofficially, of course, but it does. Um, so, there's no more three on threes. There's oh, no more shootouts. Oh, no, okay. that, right. that's that's not even what I mean. I, I thought mean, he was going to say small I mean the, whistle. Uh, exactly. That's what I'm talking about. But that's <laughs> the same thing in football. Just think of the Rams going to the Super Bowl, right? They swallowed the, the, the whistle on that. Uh, should have been pass interference. But yeah. There was a bunch of calls, if you go back and look through that game, that should have been called that weren't. So it, I, I think it's just – it's the same thing in NBA. Like, everyone knows in, in playoffs, you want them to – the best player to come out. They don't want to penalize people for, for sure playing aggressive yeah. as much. Which is good for your uh, – Power play, so they won't be giving a lot of penalties out. So, yeah, that's good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, fuck. Uh, okay, that brings us to Panthers Lightning. I really hope that the Panthers win this series. Yeah, I think I think the Lightning have probably some bad karma for being like a hundred million in salary in the playoffs when the cap is at eighty-one and a half. But I don't. Hang on, hang on, hang on. The the cap is just what less than a hundred million. Yeah. Holy moly! So remember Kucherov didn't he? It's Kucherov, right? He didn't play. Kucherov is the big piece, yeah. And and then Stamkos too. He didn't play very many games. I guess his his cap hits would still go because he played thirty two some odd games or whatever. But yeah, Kucherov was starting in the the playoffs, is he not? Oh yeah, right. He's he's been running for a while. So he's playing, but his 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 cap hit doesn't go against the cap, which is that, stupid. That is right. cheating right there. And it's like, cheating for sure. Like that's it's not cheating. It's a well, loophole. It's a loophole yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Well, all the guy does is need a good hip check, and we'll see how good his hip is. Fair enough. He's fine, man. He's been healthy since like March. Yeah, they just couldn't play him. I think the Lightning are going to win this one. No, personally. I I think well, so too. Patriot. But I'm I'm hoping. No, I. I I think the Lightning are going to win, but I uh, hope the Panthers do. 
Okay, Hurricanes, Preds. I got the Hurricanes all day in this series. They are a real good team. Preds fans team is like by far the best fans you could possibly imagine. This is actually my this is my upset. This is my upset. You got the Preds? I got the Preds here, yeah. I don't know why. I just do. Fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I just love it when the when they score, you know, they they just jump all over that goalie. You suck. You suck. I think that just, you know, their fans are just unbelievable. Not saying, you know, Leaf fans are not unbelievable, but for the chance and stuff that these guys do, the Preds fans, unbelievable. Right on. Uh, that brings us to the North Division, starting with the Oilers and the Jets. Boo! <laughs> <laughs> uh, I got the Oilers for sure in this. Uh, Connor McDangles, McJesus, McDavid. Yeah, he, uh, he just completely dominated the Jets this year, and I don't see any reason why that would slow down in the playoffs. Yeah, it's going to be McDavid and Drysaddle versus the Jets, and McDavid and Drysaddle are going to win. Yeah, I think so. I, re- I really want to see these guys go on. They're going to to watch. Unless the, the Jets goalie miraculously gets out of his little head there and starts playing like he can. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, he is a really good goalie, for sure. He could be the difference maker in the series for sure. If, if the Jets manage to win the series, I don't see any way it happens unless Hellebuck stands on his head. And finally, the Leafs Habs. You guys know who I've got in this series. The Leafs all day. Yeah. <laughs> Times three, boys. Times three. You know three what? I, oh, I want the Leafs to go get out of this round too, just to end that. And I'm not a huge Montreal fan, so. Go Leafs. Hey, that'll be a hell of a series, man. Leafs, Oilers next. That's what I want to see. Because that'll be going to be fast. Yeah, it's going to be fast. It's going to be fun. Yep. But let's not get ahead of ourselves. Got to be the Habs first. (laughs) I like like how scared Peter is. Just get out of the first round. (laughs) I've been a Leaf fan for too long. It's it's like battered wife syndrome. I'm fucking... Uh, the problem anyway. next is though you're gonna ask us to go ahead of everything and you're gonna ask us what the cup winner is, right? That's right. Who is your cup winner? Let's start with you, Josh. Who do you got winning the cup? I've been torn all day. I've been thinking about it. I've been thinking about it. My heart, my heart is with the Leafs. Oh, this is gonna really this is gonna hurt to say, man. It's really gonna hurt. Don't do it. But I'm gonna say Vegas. I gotta say Vegas. Oh, that, that shouldn't hurt so bad. <laughs> I thought you were going Boston it's, or something. <laughs> no, no. Well, all right, come on, man. <laughs> oh, you said crazy. it was gonna hurt. You said you got me worried. I just it's just gonna hurt because I don't wanna I, I should be taking the leaves, but I just have a feeling that uh Vegas is gonna pull it out of their ass and make something yeah. happen. Vegas is a good choice. Kev, who you got? Well, as I brought up, you know, with regards to the last uh last episode, the president's trophy. Would you want it? Would you want it, your president's yes. trophy? Yes. You would? Yes. Even though yeah, with, that, take with that bad karma that goes along with it? Yes. Yes? Yeah, I wouldn't worry about that. <laughs> no, because that, that, this is what I'm saying, is that the Colorado Avalanche will win the Cup this year. Ooh. This, this is the third, their third president's trophy win that they've gotten. 2001 was the last time they actually won a Cup. So I, I say that they're, gonna, they're, gonna, they're favored all the way through. I'm just going to take the favorite on this one. I'm going Colorado. It's a good choice. Jesse. Well, I haven't watched a whole lot of hockey in the last couple of years. And I kind of want the Pens to win. 
Sid <laughs> the kid. Yeah, I want to see him get one more. Sid the veteran. No, I think is a better. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> can't call him Sid anymore. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I figured, especially since you picked them to lose, I was like, eh, I'm gonna go. With <laughs> Peter doesn't know how to pick good teams usually. So, <laughs> oh, come on now, Peter, you better be taking the Leafs here. Or we are in trouble, man. So <laughs> not one of us. My head was with Kevin with Colorado Avalanche. They are a fucking extremely well-built team this year, and they're going to be very hard to beat. But then I read that stat about 14 of the last 15 times the Leafs and Habs played each other, and the winner went on to win the Stanley Cup. And I think the only time it didn't happen was in like 26 or some sometime in the 20s, the previous 20s. So I'm going Leafs, boys. I think that that the magic of that Leafs Hab series, the winner is going to win the cup, and the winner is going to be the Leafs. It's going to happen. I hope so, man. I hope so. Happen. Are are we taking points for this or what? Are we going to add these to the uh, PMP challenge points? If you win, you get you get at least one. I would say three. This three. Is, this All right. is pretty difficult to predict. This is huge. Okay. So if any one of these teams wins, that that uh, that guy gets three points. Everybody down with that? For sure, for sure. Can't wait to get even further ahead. All right. Just calm down. <laughs> if it does happen, Pedro, I'll be calling in work with my arms stuck in the air because I won't be able to go <laughs> to work. <laughs> hey, I would have no problem giving Pete the three points, man. I would have no problem with the Leafs winning the cup. So <laughs> I don't think any, any one of us would have a problem with the Leafs winning the cup, but well, maybe Jesse I don't might. see it. Like, it would be a weird feeling. It'd be a weird feeling just because yes, like, they are local and all they've done is lost for the last 50 years. <laughs> I'll tell you one thing. If it happens, the COVID cases are definitely going to spike in this city because this, <laughs> yeah, sure. this city is going to explode. This province. <laughs> Absolutely explode. Yeah, that'll be uh, that'll be an interesting thing. But we'll have to wait and see for that. Maybe we'll be so far vaccinated, it won't make a difference. But anyway, one team that I know that isn't uh, making the playoffs, they're not going to win any championship this year, is the Toronto Raptors. At least the they've ch- won a championship. Yeah, Re- recently, <laughs> recently for sure. Yep. They had to shut down the subway system in Toronto because too many people were going downtown. Imagine if the Leafs won. Imagine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I mean, the party in every city would be ridiculous. Oh. Like, do you remember the last time Canada won the gold medal and every city was bumping? It would be just pretty much just like that in Ontario. So, but anyway, back to the Raptors. Uh, didn't do a fucking thing this week. 0-4. Finished 12th place. Today was the last day for regular season across the league. Uh, 12th place in the East, 27 and 45, 21 and a half games back of first place. They were out of it pretty much right off the hop. They, if you remember, they had a big long losing streak right off the very beginning of the season, uh, started to fight back and they were storming back. They did come starting back and they were in a, in a, a spot to, to make a push until the all-star game when we had all kinds of COVID issues and then we just dropped off the face of the planet from there. We kept losing obviously with not our starters in and they just continue to lose, continue to lose, win a little streak here and there, continue to lose. And then they decided to pack her in 
they decided not to trade Kyle Lowry for anybody in the future. Packer in and basically pay, uh, played all the young guys uh, to see what the, the Raps actually have for the future. And there's not much to talk about here. They, were, they, they weren't that great. I mean, sure, there was some, some high points and some, some stuff that you're excited to see for the future. But I want to know from you guys, what do you think they're going to do? Is, are we going to a full rebuild? Are we going to a retool? Is Lowry going to stay? And does that make a difference on the rebuild or the retool? What are your thoughts? Makes a huge difference. I think yeah. they have, like, I know I've beaten this with a, the dead horse with a stick here, but like they have to get Lowry back for not getting rid of, or for not trading him, getting him rid of him. But, get, 100%. but like, if they're not going to sign him, rebuild. Right. But if they weren't going to sign him, then they needed to trade him. Just like you said, there's no reason in my mind to not trade him and then not sign him. That's stupid. It is. And it, it's, it's kind of frustrating how they ended up the season. I didn't think it was going to happen. Like this. I think it was gonna, I thought they were going to like, at least try to get into the play in mm-hmm. at least show that they were going to show up to games and everything like that. But it's, it's been brutal. I think the last straw was when they lost to Washington because that was the team that they needed to beat. And if they beat them, just a week and a half ago, two weeks ago, they would have beat them. Then they would have had that upper, upper hand maybe to, to keep rolling. But obviously that didn't happen. And they decided to pretty much shut down all the starters. I know. I couldn't watch the, I couldn't watch the games. I'm like, no, it was, this is pretty boring. boring. Yeah, it was, it was pretty bad. It's nice to see like the G league play pretty much is what I was, I was saying. Well, and it's, and it's the future, right? That's the potential future, or at least what we can trade away to, uh, to acquire more players. But Right. That was like what, like watching the Jays the last couple of years was, was I was excited because I knew what their plan was. I was excited to watch their young guys get in there or even more excited to even watch the minor league stuff. Some of the time kind of thing like that, but, but we don't know what the raps are doing now. We have, we're, it's a big question mark, which is why I, I not to be a dick, but I just didn't watch any games because of that. Cause I was just like, I don't care what they're doing. I'm not a fan of what they're doing. It just sucks that it was, you know, two years removed from winning the championship too. A lot exactly. of teams, exactly. most teams are still on that, that, uh, that run that like we can still do this. And obviously losing Kawhi was a huge uh, hit to a repeat or two and three year type situation. But they did well with them without him last year. For the most part. Yeah. They were, they were pretty good. And even when Kawhi didn't play, they had a winning record when he didn't in, uh, when they won the championship, he, cause he took the load management time. I think this year, the biggest issue, and we've talked about it all season is the lack of, of a big man. We, we got rid of two serviceable plus type centers and we had nothing in return except for Boucher. Sorry. Boucher! <laughs> and uh, he, doesn't fit the prototypical center because he's a thin center. Let's put it that way. Yeah, so but tall, he can also do a, He can shoot. He can do a he bunch can. of different stuff. He right? can do so a bunch of other stuff. So, like, I'm not really sure. that big of an issue of of not. I want him because well, I have no problem with Boucher, but he's he's not that center that we needed. He's he's maybe the like the second center that he came off the bench at the beginning of the year, and he was on fire at the beginning of the year coming off the bench. And I remember we were talking about this. Jess, I think you said, why wouldn't you put him in? And I think I said, 
don't change what's not broken. He's coming off the bench and he's on fire. Now, obviously they eventually you have to change it because nobody else was doing anything. So eventually <laughs> you have to change it. But uh, so yeah, it's up in the air. I'm hoping it's a retool. I, they they got to sign Kyle. They have to, there is, if they don't get anything for Kyle, that's a huge, huge business mistake by the, uh, by the upper brass. Yeah. And like Jesse said, if that happens, then you trigger a rebuild like that. Of course. You're at the yeah. point where you sell off whatever assets got left. Oh, get rid of everybody. And you try and build straight for the future. Yep. Does anyone know if Kyle walks, like if they get like a compensatory pick or something like that? Like I know. I don't think so. No, no, there's nothing like that. And like, I think he's unrestricted. So I don't know if maybe the restricted would carry something like that, but I ju- I I'm just curious. Cause uh, NFL, like it doesn't, if you're un- uh, unrestricted, they, they give you comp, uh, compensatory picks if he signs for a lot of money somewhere else which i don't see him signing a whole lot of money to go somewhere else yeah i don't think there's anything like that but i'm not 100 sure yeah and and it's nba so it's only first rounds that really really matter you want you want starters is what you're going for right like you need bench guys obviously but yeah there's only five guys that play really exactly like it's, five to seven right <laughs> yeah it's a di- if it's it's a different animal it's like it's like baseball too like First rounders usually play like it's very rare that anybody afterwards does anything. And if they do, it's later on, like three, four, five years later when they're they come up for a couple years and do something, and then or it's just someone that compl- everyone completely misscouted kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, same thing with the NHL. It's all a lot of them are first rounders and stuff like that. Like I know even well, it's tough to say that too because the Raps have uh, Van Fleet and he's undrafted. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's always exception, right? Yeah, they're, they're, like there's always going to be players, but like, I don't know what the percentage is in the NFL, but it's a large percentage of the NFL uh, starters are undrafted, or sorry, no, maybe not starters, but uh, people that make the 53 uh, man roster, and that's the thing, it's 53 man, so there's a lot of people, but there's a it's a lot of undrafted guys, a lot. So the Raps, again, they're not making the playoffs. There's uh, there's no chance of that. We know that they're done. Not enough wins. What? Just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. There are. <laughs> although this year is a little different in the playoffs, we've got some NBA play-in games. Uh, so there's uh, the ninth and 10th place teams actually have a chance to get into the playoffs. Because the actual playoffs won't start until next week, I'm not going to ask you guys – who you think uh, each series winner is going to be, but I'm going to ask you who you think the plan uh, winners are going to be. Now, some of these, I'm going to give you an option of two uh, teams because we don't hundred percent know these final standings, mostly in the West, uh, actually only in the West. Uh, so first plan game, Charlotte, number 10 versus Indiana, number nine. For me, I'm going to take Charlotte. I'm going to take the little upset here. I think, uh, I think Lomelo has carried this team the whole way and I think he's going to at least get through this play in round and make the the playoff but uh, Indiana's a decent team but that's just my guess is uh, is Charlotte. Yeah, I got the Bobcats too. Uh they're a challenge they're Hornets. Yeah. Son of a bitch. Fuck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Shit, <should> <laughs> Did you see the Bobcats? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm several beers deep, all right? <laughs> I was like, what? The Bobcats? <laughs> okay, so second, second game, second play in the game in the East. 
Uh, we got the Washington Wizards, Wizards. and the Boston Celtics. Celtics. Got that, Pedro. <laughs> this is going to be a game. This will be a game for sure. It will be. And I know I've been bashing Mr. Triple Double here, but I'm, I really want uh, the Wizards to win this because, one, it's Boston. And I'm sick of them winning everything every yep. year. <laughs> so, so, yeah, I, I want him to show that he can get into the playoffs and hopefully – go somewhere yeah like i said i think this is gonna be a hell of a game this will be one that you do not want to miss but i'm going uh mr triple double and the washington wizards so then go over to the west and it's a little bit more mixed up because we're not 100 percent sure uh, obviously the time is a little uh, later there so they are currently some of them are some of these games are currently playing which will uh finish out the actual uh, final standings here for these playing games. So we do know that San Antonio is the 10 seed and they will play either Golden State or Memphis. Uh, in the second game, Golden State or Memphis will play either LA or Portland. So LA or Portland, they're fighting for the sixth spot. And then the loser, uh, whoever wins and loses their game today, because they are tied, will finish uh, seven and will be in this play-in. Of course, uh, I'm not sure if you guys have, have uh, been following much of this lately, but LeBron has been very vocal saying that the play-in game or the play-in tournament is shit and this, that, the other thing, and whoever thought of it should be fired. And basically the reason I think he's saying that is because he's on the verge of not making the actual playoffs and he's going to have to play in the play-in. And if he has to play Golden State, if we see an LA Laker Golden State play-in game, A, it's going to be fucking great. But B, I would just love to see Steph Curry torch LeBron. I think that would be awesome. It's no matter what, it's going to be a great game. But, uh, but who knows? It might not be it. It might be a Golden State Portland. <laughs> it might be Memphis versus either of those. And again, we won't know. So it's kind of hard to uh, to pick those ones. Uh, if I'm going to pick, I'm going to say Golden State wins their game today, finishes higher. So that means that it'll be San Antonio versus Memphis. I'll take San Antonio. I like my boy Dero. Uh, that would put Golden State versus either LA or Portland. Portland's scary. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say Portland wins, so they finish sixth. So it'll be LA versus Golden State. I'm gonna say Golden State. And the other ones, I don't know. It's two up in the air for the next next round of the play-in. It's way just too curious. Do you like this play-in? because i kind of think it's silly but i i like it i think it's great oh yeah part of me part of me likes it part of me doesn't i think if you're gonna play the full season there's no need to do this because it's the full season and everybody's played the 82 games and there's been no covid issues all that shit so i think you uh, you don't do it but because of the covid whole issue and and whatnot i think it's an added an added bonus and and, and it adds intensity you don't think that the LA Lakers and the Portland Trailblazers haven't been playing extra hard in the last week so that they can make the sixth seed instead of making the seventh and then having to go to the play-in? You know, I think, especially if they're hard, well, we're six, we're over seven, but no matter what, we're in the playoffs. So it really doesn't matter, right? No, yeah, I but think- it seems like it's a bunch of like, it's, it's a low level guys that, and basketball, usually the top seeds move on. Like, it's not like the smaller seeds, like, go to the nba playoffs like you can get that in uh nhl a little bit more in nfl 
Okay, but look at who you're talking about here. We're talking about Golden State, LA Lakers, and the Portland Trailblazers, all teams that are lighting it up. I'll give you the LA Lakers and Portland. Right, and obviously those are six and seven. The Golden State is is they are where they should be in the in the standings. But Steph Curry can take a game over, and we all know this. But and he can I mean, he can win it himself. So I it's tough for a, a smaller guy to take it over. Like, yeah, you can get super, super hot and everything like that, but playoffs double team someone. Yeah. They do that. And, and, and it's a different thing too, going from the playoffs. I don't know how the play-ins are going to be, but from the regular season, but it just, and I remember LeBron complaining about the play-ins before he was falling down. The, before was he? Was okay. So I don't remember him, so him complaining about it before he, he was, and this was the re- this is the reasoning why was because he's like like they're a lower team kind of thing like that and but the thing is the the play-ins might save him here so mm. so like he's lucky to be in like he hates them but he he's lucky if he has like I, is he gonna start is he gonna play well we that we don't one hundred percent we don't know yet kind of thing like that like that that's another thing too is like it's giving you more time to get in there into the playoffs and everything like that. So I, I don't know. I think it's another like added item to the tournament and NBA, which is very far further than most sports and trying to change rules and stuff like that and make, get more people to watch. They're trying to get people to watch. And I think they're, and they're succeeding. They're doing a great job. Yeah. <laughs> they're doing a great job at it. I, I, I agree with that. And there's another way to add to the tournament, which is good for revenue and everything like that. But really like i'm not sure if they're lesser teams though jess i mean i'm looking at it here and between the sixth seed and the ninth seed it's only a three game difference so are they that much of a lesser team i'll give you the spurs who are you know sorry what was five the games what were the seeds between six and nine there's only three games difference between them yeah when have you heard of a six seed going to the nba finals I mean, I'm sure there has been. I don't want to. Say I'm not that. saying. I'm not saying. No, I'm not baiting you or anything like that. I'm, I'm just saying, like, like I haven't really heard of anything. Usually, it's the top teams. Right, but if it's a guy like LeBron, though, you know that finishes sixth. Like you know damn well he will for sure be able to. You know, one if he gets through the play-ins and then gets into a seven-game series with. That's the only guy I think could take over the take over the game and actually like run with that kind of thing in those little seeds yeah yeah that's fair you, you said curry on you got curry and then you've got damian lillard but both guys are shooters not not big powerful and they're great players they're and and like i said i think portland's the only other one that might actually have a chance at it mm-hmm. more than uh golden state but it's it's what i think at least but that, that that's just my reasoning behind it yeah, but I, I like it because it's it's just added content. It's it gives the teams that are just on the cusp a chance. So the the games leading up to the end of the season are still meaningful. Mm-hmm. It's a tournament within a tournament. Yeah, and it just it adds it adds meaning and it adds valuable content for watchers like us. For sure. It's only a good thing as far as I see it. So we talked about the Washington Wizards not too long ago at the beginning of this uh, playoff segment. And I want to go into Mr. Triple Double, Russell Westbrook. Uh, I was away last week, but you guys had him in your uh, as your MVP as he tied Oscar Robertson. And of course, we knew it was inevitable he was going to pass him. 
He has since passed him and he's actually attacked on another one. So Westbrook is the all-time leader in the NBA in triple doubles. He has 183 triple doubles. I think he's still averaging one, like a game pretty well. <laughs> Uh, Austin Robertson, again, like I said, was number two, 181. Magic Johnson, 138. Jason Kidd, 107. And the other, only other uh, active player in the top five, LeBron James at 99. So I have a question for you guys. And I'm going to preface this by saying number 11 is Luka Doncic. And he has 38 already in his three-year career. So my question to you guys, will anybody catch Westbrook? And it's been said long before that nobody would ever catch Oscar Robertson. And we are now looking at a new triple double champ. So he is obviously going to keep adding triple doubles for the next handful of years until he retires. Let's say if he plays two more years and averages (laughs) one a game, let's even say one every two games, that's still going to add another 80 onto that. Well, the season, the season single high is 42. Is so, that by Westbrook? I wouldn't be yeah. surprised if it is. Yeah. 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 So, so I, don't, is, I, I don't see him touching. I don't see anybody else touching this guy. You don't see anyone uh, touching Westbrook? No. Because it's going to be like a Wayne Gretzky fucking shit. There's, there's, there's certain things that he has that he's not going to be able to touch. So, and this is one of them for him. Listen, he's 32 years old. He's going to blow the, he's still going to play like at oh, minimum yeah. three years more yeah. at, at, Probably the same pace. So if, and he like I said, another... if he's doing 42 a season, holy shnikes, boys, he's going to look like into the 300. Well, before he's... Let's right, let's 42. Say, well, let's say over the next three years, he puts in 100, right? That's 33 a year. Yep, right? I agree with that. So there's 283. Now, the only guy that I think has a chance at this point is Luca. He has 38. He's only in his third season. Now, do I think he's actually going to catch him? I mean, it really depends on, on his... Uh, longevity if he can stay healthy and whatnot my gut feeling is probably not but he's the only guy that has a chance in my eyes at this point yeah like i i think it'll get broken someday like it's most records records are made to be broken they're they seem untouchable when they happen but there'll be some athletic freak that comes out in i don't know five ten years time who um plays a game similar to Westbrook. Maybe it's just a little, that little bit better and we'll end up probably catching them. I, I don't think that's outside the realm of possibility. I think it'll probably happen as, as time goes on. And as, uh, as the game of basketball grows more and more kids are playing it and then more and more I'll get into, into the league and be just absolute superstars. And then 47 years from then, then someone else will beat it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and 50 years is, you know, like say that's a long time. Right. But so now does Russ make the hall of fame? No championships. Oh yeah. Guaranteed. Lots of all-stars appearances. I'm not sure if he's won any MVPs. He has, he has one. One MVP. Yeah. I was going to say, I think he does. Yeah. I I'm with Peter. I think he should be in the hall. Like, I, I'm all about winning championships and everything like this, but this is ridiculous. Like I championships said, don't mean everything, man. I he's this guy's in the Hall of Fame just for like you know what he's done. Points. It means something. Shit. Nah, bullshit. <laughs> they, they are what you play the game okay. for. I'm pretty <laughs> sure they mean everything. But... <laughs> yeah, and and the whole thing is what I've been arguing with Russell is he's a ball hawk. He doesn't share the ball. 
He can't work with any, and it's like you always say, Kev, about cancers in the locker room. He has been known to be a cancer. The only thing that, like, I kind of have to disagree with you, Jess, he gets all, all his triple doubles have all kinds assists, of assists. assists. So, he's, got, he's got over 20 assists six times. So, I mean, I mean, he does, does seem like a guy that likes to hang on to it, but he does pass it and they do score when he passes it to them. So, right. Because everyone's on him because he, he has that thing of being a ball hog. Like everyone's going to like double him to try and make sure that he doesn't make score a point. And that's when he's going to pass it off, which is a great play, but I'm sorry, but if you can't win a championship with Harden and KD on your team, like, yeah, that's fair. Like that, that was the first like tri- uh, triple threat kind of thing like that. And you guys had three players that wanted the ball all the time. That's the problem. I mean, yeah, they've got that in Brooklyn right now. They've got yeah. that in lots of places. Right they had, they had that somehow in, uh, uh, sorry, Golden State. Mm-hmm. Katie, Curry, and Clay. Yeah. And they yeah. won championships. But uh, I think uh, Curry was willing to pass the ball a little bit more. Well, I mean, not, not even pass the ball, just just let his his guys do their thing. Like, they're, they, those guys are athletic freaks compared to uh, Curry, right? Mm-hmm, for sure. Yeah, and Curry can be like the world's best complimentary player. Like, if he if he's not the one with the ball and he's just open for threes, like lights out. For sure. So it's that's a well built team and like i said maybe the three uh maybe harden durant and westbrook on one team is not not the recipe we'll see this year what happens in brooklyn brooklyn yeah yeah oh as long as they're healthy let's see what happens so we i think we all agree that russ is gonna go to the hall of fame when his time is up and it's uh it's his goal but on saturday we had four major hall of hall of fame enshrinements uh there was nine total uh we're going to touch on the top four here uh so the first one i want to touch on fucking great player tim duncan <laughs> yes five Mr. time Bank. yeah man five time nba champion three time nba nba finals mvp two time M- nba mvp 15-time NBA All-Star, 10-time All-NBA First Team, 8-time All-NBA Defensive First Team, which is huge defense. And he was the NBA Rookie of the Year. This man just lights out in all facets of the game, especially defensively. You weren't uh, going to get an easy bucket if you were facing Tim Duncan, for sure. Well, I was yeah, thinking he, that, that um, what was it, the, the Towers. They had Duncan and Robinson. Yep. Those two were absolutely f- just no man. Get out of my way. Yeah, those guys just dominated. Uh, just two huge dudes. That's what they called them. The uh, the towers. Yeah, but he he was all around really good. He has that uh, Curry factor. I, I I think like he played amazing defense. Well, I know Curry doesn't play defense, but like he just has that factor of making everyone around him better. For sure. So next guy up, Kevin Garnett. Anything is possible. <laughs> uh, NBA champion in 2008, NBA MVP in 04, a 15-time All-Star, nine-time All-Defensive First Team, and an Olympic gold medalist. 
not quite as many trophies and accolades as Tim Duncan, but just another phenomenal defensive player. And this guy was all heart all the fucking time. Now with the Olympic uh, one, was that where uh, Vince Carter went over that seven foot two dude and dunked on him? And then now you saw his like Garnett in the background with his, his fucking face is like. <laughs> <laughs> For everyone that can't see Kev, that's everyone. He's got his mouth wide open, jaw dropped. <laughs> uh, I believe it was Kev. I'm not a hundred percent sure, uh, but I, I'm pretty sure it was around that time frame. I, I've always liked like KG, a uh, great defensive player, and uh, seems always seemed like he was a good teammate too. Sure, he could get on you, he'd bitch at you a little bit if you didn't do what you're supposed to supposed to do. But I mean, MJ did that too, right? So that, that I, I think that marks a good player. I don't think it was that he didn't they didn't do their job. It wasn't that they weren't trying enough. Is what fair KD enough. Got, KD got on just like MJ. It's too bad he played in Boston. Yeah. Yeah, in Minnesota. And then uh, next up, WNBA star Tamika Catchings. She was a WNBA champion in 2012. She won the NBA Finals MVP in 2012. She's WNBA MVP in 2011. Five-time WNBA Defensive Player of the Year, which is crazy. Uh, Four-time Olympic gold medalist, WNBA Rookie of the Year. Ten-time All-Star, 12-time All-WNBA Team Player, eight-time WNBA steals leader and uh, 12-time all-WNBA defensive team to go along with those five-time defensive player of the year. And she had the first ever quintuple double ever recorded. And it's the only one ever recorded to date. That's awesome. Quintuple double. Five doubles. Five Five double-digit scoring in points rebounds all of them you might say and block all of them yeah <laughs> and that's fucking crazy that's crazy another thing too is that uh, she's deaf and also has a speech impediment and so just two more things to overcome along with making it into the WNBA right and being a champion so that's yep. uh, that's absolutely amazing so congratulations to those three uh, you may wonder why we haven't talked about the next guy who probably should have been the first person we talk about uh, throughout these Hall of Fame enshrinements. Uh, but the next guy, the next enshrinement of the 2020 Hall of Fame basketball is our MVP, and he's coming up just next. This week's Points and Penalties MVP is brought to you by MVP Brewing Company. Try the Game Changer. Our MVP segment is sponsored by MVP Brewing. Uh, MVP's kickback program is to give every child a chance to be the best MVP they can be. MVP Brewing wants to make all sports more accessible and affordable by donating 5% of all sales towards community kids sports organizations. It's a great initiative. So our MVP for this week, like Josh mentioned a little bit earlier, Basketball Hall of Famer, Kobe Bryant. Yeah. So Kobe is a five-time NBA champion, two-time NBA Finals MVP, NBA MVP in 2008, 18 times NBA All-Star, 11 times NBA All-First Team, two-time Olympic gold medalist, 
And of course, he won an Oscar for the best animated short film. He's the only athlete to win an Oscar. Definitely one of the greatest basketball players of all time. Top three for me. And a superstar inducted in the Hall of Fame. He's our MVP for the week. Kobe Bryant, rest in peace. 100%. I think uh, a few weeks ago, we kind of talked Kobe. about who our top three were. And I, if I'm not mistaken, I was probably drunk, so who knows. But I, I'm pretty sure I said MJ, then Kobe. And then I can't remember who else after that. But uh, been magic. No, I think you, you said magic. But anyway, so for me, definitely Kobe number two uh, next to Mike. This guy was not just an MVP on the court, but he was an MVP off the court. All his extracurriculars, uh, social stuff, just everything. I mean, everybody knows Colby. Everybody knows all the good stuff he did. And his family is continuing to do in his name. It's hard to convey uh, my feelings about Colby and, and how awesome he was both on and off the court. And he's, he's just an amazing player, uh, an amazing man, amazing father, I watched the enshrinement ceremony and the speech from his wife, Vanessa, and it was absolutely amazing. You know, at the end of it, she kind of went through and she thanked him for all the different things that he did as a player, as a businessman, as a man, as a father. And she did really well. I'm surprised she didn't get choked up because I was sitting on the couch and I was getting choked up. Uh, this guy, just absolutely amazing. And uh, like you said, Peter, uh, rest in peace. And we know that he's watching Right now, he's watching these play-ins. He might not think the play-ins are a very good idea. I don't know. but No, he definitely agree with them. <laughs> so, <laughs> but uh, great guy. And, you know, it's unfortunate, but this could be the last MVP that Kobe Bryant ever wins. And it's on our show, Points of Penalties, Episode 17. What would I like to say about Kobe? The guy to wear two different numbers, to have two different numbers retired. Sported both those numbers, like, well... I mean, one more of them with 24 than he did with eight. Only player ever to do that, by the way. Yeah. And, and the best thing that I love about Kobe, yes, there's no I in team, but there is a me. Yeah. Love it. You're, you, are, you are the man. You are definitely, you know, one, one of the top elite. You definitely deserve this spot, bud. As, as everyone says, rest in peace. Kevin, like you said, like there's a me and team kind of thing like that. And he was more of a not to throw any shade at him but he liked to have the ball like Westbrook he liked to have the ball and he didn't have as many assists but he won championships the man won games upon games upon games by himself (laughs) right and he was a superstar at that and that's why he belongs here as I said too Westbrook belongs here but championships matter and he won those as the player that he is, he wants the ball. He wants it just like MJ wants to have it. The last person to shoot the ball in the last second of every game. In world peace, the basketball player said it the best too. Holy shit. Kobe passed me the ball. <laughs> <laughs> nice light humor there, bud. But uh, yeah, rest in peace. He was a God among men in a lot of places, except for when MJ was there. And I'm a big fan of LeBron, but uh, he well deserves to be here in the MVP. Yeah, absolutely. So we're going to slide on into baseball, keeping on with the MVP. 
as we said, Colby was a NBA MVP in 2008 and a two-time NBA Finals MVP. And we also have an MVP in baseball. Albert Pujols was released from the Los Angeles Angels, and he has signed with the Los Angeles Dodgers. Doesn't have to move. He just has to pack a bag and move across town to another uh, another stadium. Albert was in the last year of his 10-year, $240 million contract with the Angels. And somehow, and I tried to figure this out and how I cannot figure out exactly how, but the Dodgers will only be paying $420,000 of his $30 million that he was owed this year. The Angels will be paying the rest. So I'm not 100% because they released him. I don't get how... To me, when you release a guy, you should be free and clear. Like that contract should be void, is I think, but evidently not. Somehow, the Angels are paying $29.5 million for Albert to play across town for the Dodgers. Which is crazy because it was his last year with the Angels as well. So there's, I don't understand, like how you said, how there's any extra money that the Angels. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. And if you're going to have to pay $29.5 million, why not just keep him on the bench? Which is what I was saying last week. Like, sure, he's not playing first base. Walsh has got that job down, you know, on the daily. But, like... Okay, what about the Dodgers with Cody well, exactly. and everything like that? And Max Muncy. 100%. And, and, like, he, he's more of a utility player, but he plays everywhere. But he plays first yeah. base, too. He's going to a place where we all thought was going to be in the American League, and he went to yeah. the NL. Yeah, it, it's crazy. And I, I told him to retire that. Peter, congratulations. You were correct. He was going to sign somewhere else. I'm shocked upon this, and I'm shocked upon that it being L.A., where they already have a lot of decent players and not a lot of room to put good players in. And like Peter said, he might be a bench guy. And I was like, I don't think he'll accept a bench. And who, yeah. Who are you going to put on the bench in, in the Dodgers lineup to, to put pool holes out there? I don't, I don't know, man. It's weird. And, and like I said, congratulations to Peter. Peter called it. And I think he's going to be a bench guy. Yeah. Like it's, and the Dodgers are a heavily favored team this year to win the world series. So he might be just trying to go for sure. Uh, win another championship. Just looking for a ring, right? Yeah. Yeah. But he's already won. Yeah. One but now. to finish your career. Another on, on one that is. <laughs> high. Cause you know, damn well, if he were to win, he's going to walk away. Right. For sure. Oh, yeah. You know what he's trying to do? Like what uh, Big Poppy did. Go ahead yeah, and talk. Yeah. Except that Big Poppy was still a big part of the Boston Red Sox when they won. Which is what I said, too. He went out on top with, like, everything. <laughs> so with the Pujol signing, uh, he will be the fourth former MVP now on the Dodgers. So himself, Bellinger, Kershaw, and Mookie Betts, which is pretty fucking crazy that they've got that many former MVPs. But they got all kinds of fucking money, so. Yeah, that's probably why they're favored to win the uh, World Series. Keeper. So another guy that eventually I think will probably win an MVP is Garrett Cole, pitcher for the New York Yankees. He has reached 1,500 strikeouts in his career, and he is the second fastest all time to reach that mark. He is second behind only the big unit, Randy Johnson, who did it in 206 games, and Garrett Cole did it in 212. Number three is Steven Strasburg with 213 games to get to 1,500. That's a lot of fucking strikeouts, man. That's a lot. Yeah. It's pretty interesting, too, because, like, when he played for the Pirates, he was trying to go longer in the game, so he probably wasn't trying to strike out because the Pirates 
Ixnay on the sound day. We cannot hear you. Well, speaking of the Pirates, then we'll just kind of carry on as regards to that <laughs> standoff. Did anybody see that? No, sir. Tell us. No one saw the standoff between uh, the two uh, players of, um, I think it was uh, Reese Olivedo and Alex um, on the, the Cincinnati team were Senator with both their hats on their chest. Teams are already running on the field to get ready to start the game. Umpire told both of them, get off the fucking field. Oh, they were, they wanted to be the last one last on the player, field. Yeah. Yeah. From like the, uh, the the national anthems and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. They're standing uh-huh. with their caps over their chest still. And like I said, the umpire comes out and says, all right, guys, get off the field. Neither one, of them, neither one of them budged, not a soul. And then the umpire again tells them, get off the field. And none of them fucking moved again. I'm thinking, holy <laughs> shit, they're going to throw both these guys out. But no, finally, I think the skip from the Pittsburgh guy says, get off the field. So he finally did. But yeah, what a standoff. It was It was huge. It was long. You see that sometimes in the NHL too. There's yeah. always a guy that wants to be the last guy off on warm up. Yeah. They'll go rock paper scissors. These guys yeah, did exactly. They stood there. It was. It was it wasn't was didn't Marshawn do that just recently? He did rock yeah, paper rock, scissors with somebody just to get off the ice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, another guy that's just been lighting it up. I mean, we've talked about him a few times in the last 16 weeks. Uh, Shohei Otani, this guy coming over from Japan, he's just been. Fucking lights out. And Next day, Bruce. I don't know how this guy does it. at this point. How does he not win MVP? I mean, sure, the team isn't playing absolutely lights out, but he's playing lights out. He's pitching great. He's hitting great. You know, so he he's was fielding the, great. He's yeah, he's yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like he's doing everything great. So he is the first player since 1916 to start a game on the mound and then lead off the next game, which is wild. To begin with, again, Kevin, like he said, a Babe Ruth style. On Wednesday of the past week, he threw 88 pitches in his start, 10 strikeouts. That was pulled, but then eh, not too long later, went out and fucking played right field as he was put in as a, I think as a defensive substitution, but it would have been okay if he was, if he was a pinch hitter too and went out there in right field. So to see this is just crazy. You, you just never see this. I, I've never seen anything like this. I obviously I don't have that many years watching baseball, you know, compared to some of some of these other guys, but I'll bet you some of these older guys that are, you know, been around baseball forever have never seen anything like this. It's just crazy. I gotta give props to this guy. If you if you've ever you see him and he doesn't look like he's this jack dude when he's got his his uni on, but I saw him with a wife beater on and the guy is fucking jacked. He's huge. That's the reason why he can hit these balls out, uh, out of the park. No problem. Just the other day, he flicked his wrists on a just low go. outside pitch and he just popped it up and over, uh, over the green monster. Like it was nothing. Uh, so this guy, like I said, I just don't see how anybody at this point can top him for an MVP vote being that he's lights out offensively, defensively, <laughs> And defensively, <laughs> if you will, pitching, <laughs> pitching and fielding on the defense. It's just crazy. And I, you know, at first I thought maybe he might've been a bust, but then he started to play <laughs> and I actually watched him and there's just no chance. This guy, if he can stay healthy, he is going to be a superstar in this league for a long time. Uh, maybe eventually they'll say, look, you can only do one or the other as he gets a little older, but right now let him give her and, Man, what a one-two punch with him and Trout. Well, Josh, like you were saying, you think he's really good at uh, pitching and fielding and 
uh, hitting. Hitting and fielding, yeah, he's pretty good. Pitching, he has been good, but he walks a lot of guys. And he does. And that's the only issue. And I think over time, that'll go away. And like you said, like, I can't think of someone. And I've, I've been watching a lot of baseball over the last month or so. And I don't know if I can put someone above him. Maybe DeGrom. That's the only person I think I can because, like, I know that you're a huge fan of uh, Garrett Cole and everything like that, but DeGrom plays on a team that just can't support him. He's got <laughs> terrible support, and he all he does is pitch amazing. Obviously, he's a pitcher, so he doesn't have a whole lot of help in the NL with the bat, but he he I think he's the best pitcher in uh, the NL, but that's just me, but – I think Otani needs to really work on his command. And I think some of that has to been get in the way of being in the field. Fair enough. Yep. He's, he's got to practice in the field too. So obviously something is going to suffer, right? He's doing all three facets to practice where obviously there's going to be little bits and little bits here and there that are going to be missing. And, and yeah, maybe. Which is unheard of since Babe Ruth. Like no one, no one goes and does this. Like, they obviously allow people to pitch in the NL or sorry, allow people to hit in the NL for pitchers, but like you, it's weird that he wasn't put into the NL. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you want them, you want them, right. That obviously like, so what happened was uh, the angels paid a ridiculous amount of money just to talk to him. So they, he, they won, Huge. Yeah, they Huge. won, they tens won the tens of millions. Yeah. Like they won the chance to talk to him for, to make a contract or to come up with a contract and they had to pay. I don't know. I think it was more than tens. Like it might've been a hundred million. I don't know a hundred percent. Please don't challenge me on that. Cause it's probably wrong, <laughs> but, but it was, a I'm, long I'm not going to, ch- I'm not going to challenge you, but I think it was like close to 30 million. Yeah. Just, he was taking just a lot of duffel bags which, of cash. Which is, yeah, it's a crazy amount of money just to talk to a guy. And then plus you got to pay his salary after that too. Yeah, of course. That that you that he's going to say, no, no, I want X amount millions, you know. And this is the problem with MLB is, is whoever has the most money has the more potential to win the World Series. For sure. And because they have the luxury tax versus a cap, it is a it's the dollar still rules. So, I mean, not necessarily because the angels haven't been fucking good for a long time. Even with trout, <laughs> they haven't been that good at all. So I know. And they had pool hosts before and too. They, when he was still good. Yeah. Well, he was good. I'll agree. He was good, but, but he was, uh, he wasn't a superstar. He was, good. they had no other support besides trout there with him. Yeah. Elsewhere in the MLB was our good old Toronto blue Jays. Yeah. They went five and one this week, swept the Atlanta Braves, Jesse's favorite for the World Series. And they went two and one against the Philadelphia Phillies. The Jays right now are firing on all available cylinders. And I say available cylinders because there are lots of injuries still, uh, most notably Springer and Pearson went back on, on injury. Kirk is still there. Phelps, Barucky, Castro, Merriweather, Panic, Murphy, Dolas, Hatch, and Baker. Lots of guys, mostly pitchers, a handful there of, I guess, four, no, three position players. The rest are pitchers. So lots of, uh, lots of guys to still come back, which means only means better things for the Jays in the near future, hopefully. And I'm really hoping we get to see Springer again soon. It's really pissing me off. He's on my fantasy team and I have only been able, I've, 
played him like three weeks, and he's only Speaking put points of up. Fantasy, you lost to me. Yeah, last week I lost, and be pretty much because of the no no and between Mr. the no no and Springer, Springer, yeah, Springer Dinger did not show yeah. up. Yeah, well, so so Jesse had John Means uh, last week, and I had Springer in there. Springer was obviously injured, so did not play. And means it's pronounced John Means business. Actually. Oh, sorry, and John Means <laughs> John Means business got the no no, and that's what uh, what ended up beating me in fantasy. But I am hoping to see Springer this week. Uh, hopefully, not just for my fantasy team. I'm not sure if I'm going to put him in. Although my whole team is pretty much fucking injured, but I'm hoping to see him just because the Jays need. That, just that little bit more offense, and and I would just like to see some Springer dingers. I'd like to see this guy get in the into the the swing of things. Uh, you know, pardon the pun with baseball. I just really want to see him do do something, and we we'll see if we can get uh, this top of the order even better. The top four guys just bashing balls all over the place. So, did you say Pearson's on the IR? He's injured. IL, but IL. So it's IL. IL. Oh, I should have challenged. Okay, IL. <laughs> Well, he's, I, he's I'm going to challenge. I'm going to challenge in regards to Josh because they put him down to the farm league to pitch. They put him down to Buffalo. I'm pretty sure he's on the. He's at least injured. He's at least injured. He might not be down, or he might not be on the IL. But I thought he was at least injured. Well, they moved him back down in regards to pitching. Well, they might just trying to get him ready for for starting back up here again, but. Uh... Do we know what Springer went down with? Is it more leg issues or is it back up with that oblique? Still his quad. It's those. Yeah, nothing. Okay. Nothing as of late with uh, with the oblique. It's been the quad. So, yeah. Okay. And uh, Kirk and Merriweather, we won't see it for a while because they're in the 60, 60 days. Same with uh, Hatch. Yeah. Same with Hatch. Yeah. Hatch as well. So like I, I'm we, I'm not worried about them coming back anytime soon. Okay. According to ESPN.com, Nate Pearson will miss his next AAA start due to a mid right shoulder impingement. So he is injured. He is also down, but he is injured. So you guys, so, uh, Jesse and Peter, you can, you can either give us both a point or give us no point, but we're not wrong. Right, Peter, I don't know if what you know about this, but if you send someone down, they don't count against your roster where the IL, they put them they, they don't count against the roster either, but they're not sent down. But they send people down to rehab as well. So I don't know what to say. Like, it's a tough – he's injured and he's down. We either both get a point or we both get no point. I think, it would be, point. I think it would be a wash, <laughs> if anything. So no point? Yeah. No point either way? So I'll leave it up to Peter to make a decision. I just Yeah, to I'm on board with that. That's too too much technicality in this one. <laughs> I don't think it's uh, fair to give anyone any penalties or points. Either way, he doesn't have a roster. He's not on the Blue Jays roster. Right. Yeah, but he's injured, but he's not on the list, but he's down. But it is. But what I like to point out, too, though, with regards to the Jays, the pitching is still doing okay. You had Robbie Ray with a double-digit strikeout. like, And there's a first also to do so prior to Aaron Sanchez. So, I mean, pitching is still somewhat okay. They're still doing well. It's nice to see the offense, though, for sure, doing as well as they are, like you said, without Springer. Once Springer's actually back in the lineup, this team might be a force to be reckoned with come uh, come October. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're going to win the World Series, man. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> the one guy that has given me issue at the beginning of the season until a couple weeks ago was uh, Marcus Simeon. He has been dominating. He's gotten his average up. 
He's hitting a bunch of home runs. He's leading off for the Jays most of the time with uh, Bichette behind him, who's been lighting it up as well, hitting home runs. His average is fairly high as well. Yeah. Simeon's probably the guy that's going to slide down if one Springer comes back. Simeon will be hitting nine, likely. That's what I think. You think that low? I don't yeah, think be, that low. No, he'll hit nine because he's a leadoff hitter. So he's like, you have two leadoff hitters in a row, right? Back okay, back. so what's, what's, what's the lineup then, Josh? Off the top of your head, go. Okay, so <laughs> Springer, Bull, Vlad, Teoscar, probably Grichik. That's the outfield, so I can't have Guriel. <laughs> probably, probably Biggio. Yeah, Biggio uh, will probably be next, yeah. See, I would put Biggio at ninth. Okay. He can run, and he has not been hitting that great. No, he has not. So I would I would put Simeon to protect. I might switch Tay Oscar and put Simeon in there and then Tay Oscar. Mm, see, I would do, I don't know. I would do the opposite of that, Jesse. I would go I would go Tay Oscar, then then Marcus, mm. then Grichuk. See, I I I don't think that T Oscar is gonna be the amazing guy that he was last year. I think he's 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 due he's, to he's fall off. Pretty much. He's been pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> he's been, oh, he's 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 been he shocked me this year. But that this is what I had coming into the season, and I'm kind of sticking with it because he's been injured and hasn't had enough at bats for me to completely judge him from my point of view. But uh, and I didn't think Simeon was going to be as good as a signing as he has been. Yeah, he's been and really good. I just and I just want to say that he's been it was a good job by the Toronto Brass. So, Pete, I'm not sure if this actually made uh, one of the shows. I think near the very beginning, maybe it might have even been episode one. So it may have been cut out. You said that the Jays were eventually going to play back in Toronto. Yeah. I don't think that's going to happen this season. They are moving back to Buffalo. I I really don't think there's a chance that they're going to play in Toronto this year. I still believe. August, September, somewhere in there. You're out to fucking lunch, man. But anyway... (laughs) <laughs> so the, the they, we're gonna have the buffalo blue jays again this year uh they will be playing in buffalo for june at solon field and they will have a fully vaccinated area so if you're fully vaxxed you can uh you can go into this area and it will be full capacity in that area so you'll be sitting next right next to somebody else but because of this fully vaccinated area it will boost the overall capacity to 35 percent. i'm pretty sure from about 25 percent uh, at least for the first eight games in Buffalo, and then they will reassess from there whether they can add more uh, capacity or if they should reduce it. So they're going from a nice warm Florida to, you know, it's going to be start getting really hot in Florida. So they're going to basically keep the same temperature, move up to Buffalo as it's starting to get nicer in this area, uh, Toronto, so- Southwestern Ontario, and uh I guess that's more northern, uh, upstate New York, state, upstate New York. Yeah. Uh, so basically the same temperature and uh, it makes, it makes sense to move from, from Florida up to at least Buffalo, obviously Toronto would be better, but uh, that's not going to happen. Uh, as I said, uh, I don't think it's going to happen at all this year, We'll see. but at least they're a little bit closer and maybe, maybe, maybe if the border gets open, we could go down and do a little tailgate session and uh, and see the old BJ's in Buffalo. And boys, if that is allowed bull to happen, we are going 100%. We'll do a fucking show from the fucking hotel room. I don't care. 
from the fucking parking lot. <laughs> yeah, <man. laughs> at the game. What the hell? Exactly. It would be awesome to tailgate at a ball at a baseball. Yeah, game. man, hundred percent. That'd be a good time because, like, like football, you kind of have to pay attention. You don't have to go into the game, but baseball is easily you don't have to go in the game at all and just <laughs> yeah, talk sure. the most shit, have it on the radio and everything like that, and everyone goes crazy in the parking lot. It would be a lot of fun. It would be a lot of fun. Who knows? We will have to wait and see, but we would love to tailgate. And hell, if we can tailgate for baseball, that means we can tailgate for football, right, Jess? For sure. And the season schedule for NFL has come out. First week one is uh, the Bucks. obviously will be we'll on the Thursday night of September 9th against the Cowgirls. I know Josh is pretty happy about that because he's a big Dak fan. Only when he's on my fantasy team, man. <laughs> even even such a huge supporter over this uh, time at points of penalties. I've had him a couple years in a row, so that makes sense. From the fucking parking lot. <laughs> it's Zeke, buddy. It's Zeke that I love. Exactly. <laughs> because he's on my fantasy team. Well, sorry to tell you, man. He's starting to fall off a cliff, I think. 100% he is. I might, this might be my last year with him. I might trade him off uh, halfway through the year in fantasy this year. He's a he's a running back, so he did his four ish years kind of yep. that where he dominated, <laughs> and now it's time to ship him off to the pasture. I think the Bucks will run away with this game. I'm not a Cowboys fan, nor do I think the Cowboys are good. They play in a weak division, and even though Dak got hurt, I don't remember it was a, it was early in the year, but he still got like four or five games in, and he still had a losing record at that point. I watched that video like at least three times when I saw his ankle snap. I rewinded it and watched it. Rewinded it and watched it. I thought that was classic. That was that was awesome. That was fucking awesome. That was amazing. Well, you are disgusting because that was gross. Yeah, you're fucking morbid, man. <laughs> no, man, that was that was amazing. I can't remember who was here, but when I pointed it out, the person went instantaneously white, and I went, "Watch this. Check this out. That's fucking awesome. Look at it again." And that's why you like to correspond for UFC because you like to see some weird ass shit. Knock the fuck out. Um, we're just doing the first three weeks here for the NFL. The other or games I'm interested in, at least for week one, is the Jets and Panthers, which is the revenge game for Mr. Sam Darnold, who was traded to the Panthers, who I wish just stomped the Jets. I hope he throws it in their face. That'll be pretty funny if he does. So the Browns and KC, I think this is a huge late uh, playoff potential game here because the Browns like have been garbage for years, and there's always been a bunch of jokes about them being horrible, but... They have a really complete team. They are amazing in the offseason. Their defense is just stacked right now. And that was the issue last year was their defense wasn't that great, especially against KC, who we know is an offensive juggernaut. It should be a pretty good game. And then rolling on, we're going to talk about the Bills because they're a local team here in Canada. And they'll be playing the Steelers, which potentially could be a playoff game. I don't think the Steelers make the playoffs. But that's just that's a hot take from me. I think... Roethlisberger is done. I think that defense is still great, but in the division that they play with, in especially with the Browns, the Ravens, and then maybe the Bengals kick up some dust here and there, I think that division is going to be pretty tough there in the AFC. I personally think that the Steelers won't be there, but everyone else thinks it's a playoff game. I don't know how the rest of you guys feel about that or if you're excited for it, but I think the Bills wash them in this. 
It is in Buffalo, FYI. I think no matter what, it's going to be a, a good game. Whether the Steelers, they're going to, like you said, just they're going to be not make it or they're going to be right on the cusp. I don't think they're going to be a powerhouse this year. Whether it's Big Ben's doing or not, a questionable thing. But, you know, I mean, they really don't even have a running game anymore. They don't have uh, James Conner. So who else is going to be there? That rookie that they drafted in the first round there, Najee Harris. Yeah, I guess, it, yeah. I mean, who knows, right? Those when you're relying on that it's it's really up in the air but yeah who knows rookie running backs are pretty easily to predict they they he was definitely the best running back out of the draft the only issue was can't remember how old he was but he was on the older side of 23 24 which is sadly old for a running back especially being a rookie and i guess usually or maybe not usually but a, a lot when you come in the first year the defenses have no idea how to how to stop you right because they're you're brand new and whatnot and then comes the second year and it's usually a little bit easier to stop but we'll see we'll see how uh the Steelers do with the Harris and and so on and so forth and of course we know the Bills have a pretty fucking good team I mean they're gonna win this division no question about it again this year. let's go Buffalo hands down you think they're gonna win it yeah, man. Who else is gonna? Who else is gonna push them? Maybe Miami. Uh, that was the only one I would think was Miami. Yeah. I I like. You can't count out Bill, but no. And he's got a rookie quarterback, so I think it's gonna take some time. Like even Brady took a year, I think, before he started starting for Mr. Belichick. But do you think Max starts game one? No. Because I think Cam starts for the first handful of games. I bet you it'll be like what happened with the Bears. Yeah. Which we'll go into our next segment, but I'm just going to say like the Bears drafted Justin Fields and I don't think he's going to be starting. I think you're going to see Andy Dalton back there, Mr. Red Rifle for sure for a couple yep. games. I think you'll see Cam back there longer than you'll see uh, Andy Dalton. I think Justin Fields will step up before Andy Dalton because one, the GM and the coach are on the hot seat. So yep. if shit doesn't start working right away, they're going to switch right to the rookie quarterback and just leave Nick Foles in the dust. For sure. I agree with that. So the first Sunday nighter yeah. is the Bears coming to the Rams house in LA. We might have to do a live show that night, man, because it's going to be fucking intense. <laughs> Maybe not a live show, but like we'll have like clips that we'll throw in there. <laughs> all right. Because right. like tend to get a little animated during the game. <laughs> I don't know. If we keep this time, it might be live. <laughs> yeah. But anyways, the, the Rams are going to sweep the Bears, obviously. No problems there. Just calm down. <laughs> you need to relax. Mr. MVP, Matthew Stafford. Oh, <laughs> oh wow. I think he's going to be the MVP. I think he's going to leave Mr. Tom Brady in the dust there. Oh, that one's going on the hot take tracker for sure. Please put it there. Please put it there. It might go there, but it'll be in fucking 15 weeks. It'll show up on the hot take tracker. Hey, no. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, I don't see the Bears as a problem. They've handled them pretty easily last year. They just beat the snot on with Mr. Jared Goff, which Josh says was a garbage quarterback, I believe, or something around the same lines. Something like that, yeah. And they beat the snot out of him. I think it was a Monday nighter. Hey, the Red Rifle's going to get hurt first game. Fields is going to come in and just destroy AD. And he's going to throw three touchdowns over fucking Ramsey. All right. You're dreaming, bud. <laughs> Those hot takes right there. 
I don't even know if Ramsey gave up three touchdowns during all of last year. <laughs> hey, I don't know who's going to catch the three touchdowns, but it's going to happen. I think AD is going to scare the shit out of him, and he's going to make a lot of mistakes if he steps in that game. I don't even know if he might even be the backup then. They might actually put Foles in just, just to, yeah. to not deal with that number one defense. You could You could be right there. You could be right. Anyways, we'll, we'll roll into week two. Those are just some of the top games we saw. We'll go right into the Sunday nighter here, which I think is going to be a big game and one to watch between KC and Baltimore. Josh, I know you're not a huge fan of Lamar Jackson. No. Action Jackson, and he's amazing. The, the leap from rookie to sophomore was amazing, and it shocked everyone. Even he's destroyed my Rams, but they were hot garbage in 2019 but he was the mvp for 2019 and i think he's gonna rebound here he's not a horrible quarterback by any stretch of the imagination i just i just don't think he's as good as people think he is but he's still good but in this game i think uh patty mahomes travis kelsey just fucking light him up i don't think jacks will be able to keep up to patty mahomes in this game it's a good thing he's got a defense then because that Baltimore defense has always been just like the Bears has always yep. been around. Fair enough. I think that they'll keep them corralled for the most part. And we're going to stroll back into the Rams because they're my team and they got another playoff contender here with the Colts. Mr. Wentz will be going against the Rams, who the Rams had a chance to take over first overall in 2016. And Wentz has pretty much owned the Rams except for last year. We beat them handily i think that'll be a good game because that they have a good defense they have a good running game their o-line will be pretty good i think as well so and it's in indianapolis so i think it'll be a fun game to watch for me i don't know about everyone else i know no one else really is a huge indianapolis fan or anything like that yep no fuck fuck that man the rams (laughs) 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 buddy talking a lot of shit to them because you know what? Your Titans are taking on the Seahawks, which, are, which the Rams have handled easily for the past couple of years underneath McVay. Guaranteed victory. Guaranteed. <laughs> well, I don't know, man. You realize that this is week two, right? So that means that Russell Wilson is the favorite for the MVP. And yeah. <laughs> like, exactly. Yeah. First couple of weeks, he's favorite for the MVP, but the, the Seahawks usually don't start playing well until later in the season. But Russell Wilson will be there. <laughs> For sure. Vrabel's defense has been super spotty. I think we all know who Vrabel is, who was a huge impact player as a linebacker for the Patriots during their beginning of their dynasty and everything like that. Caught a couple touchdowns from T- uh, Tom Brady there in Super Bowls as a tight end. And his defense has been shoddy since he took over. So, and I'm not a Seahawks fan, Peter. Like I honestly want to choose the Titans, but I think the Seahawks have this game. Out. Yeah, I agree with you, Jess. I would love the Titans to win. I'd love to see uh, Derek Henry run for 200 yards, but it ain't happening. And I think that the Seahawks win. Well, the Seahawks running game isn't great or running defense isn't great, but I think Mr. Wilson takes over this game. Yeah, man, me too. He won't ever have the ball because Henry's going to be running all over him. I'd be okay with that, man. That's lots of fantasy points. It's all good. Oh, of course. Josh, back to fantasy. (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, so we're gonna roll in number week number three, and we got my NFC Championship game: Bucks versus the Rams. What what episode did you predict, predict that in? Yes, you remember? I think it was two weeks ago. This is a big game, and last year the Rams beat Brady, and he was—I don't know if you guys saw it—like his numbers look good if you look at the stat sheet, but he threw some god awful interceptions. He threw. This is where during his stretch where he was throwing it, the ball deep. And he could hit no one. And as soon as that game ended, that's when Brady started lighting up. But it was against the number one defense. So I think you have to take that into account that this this team is pretty good. And the fact that it's in in LA, not not run away with it, but I think they'll win this one too. Who knows? I mean, it's Tom. Brady doesn't give a fuck during the regular season. <laughs> fuck Brady. Well, I, I really wish the line was here for this. <laughs> <laughs> This is, this is what I was waiting for, kind of thing like that, because he would go on about. But like I said, the Rams beat them handily last year, no problem. But who won when it mattered? I had my quarterback with a broken thumb. Like, but who won when it mattered? <laughs> <laughs> Which shitty quarterback? Jared Goff. <laughs> <laughs> Just throw right under the bus right away. <laughs> you got your Colts versus the Titans. I'm going to put it as a potential playoff team, but like, like I was saying before, I think the Titans are not going to be, or well, I didn't, I said the Steelers weren't going to be in the playoffs, but I think the Titans might not be in the playoffs this year. They lost their OC to Kevin's Falcons. He's coaching them now. I think that'll be a huge issue. Corey Davis left. So now they're both, both teams are going to lose now. (laughs) (laughs) Their offense is easy. You don't even need a coordinator and off the ball. Or throw it deep to uh, to AJ, right? And off the ball. Then go to play action, go deep. That's it. That's like everyone's game plan. But I I, I personally think the, the Titans won't be there in the playoffs this year. And then speaking of the Falcons, blunderball. And missing the playoffs? Is that what you mean? Well, I thought that was a given. <laughs> I just need you guys to stop buying me fucking shirts. I got to buy my own. Sorry, buddy. Yep. My bad. Every time I get a shirt from you, goddamn guy leaves. I'm scared that Julio's going to go. Yeah, stop being so fucking generous, Josh. Goddamn. Sorry, my bad, man. I'll I'll take a Cam Akers jersey. <laughs> FYI. Or a Ramsey. I'll take a Ramsey for sure. You know that he's going to leave then, right? That's the whole point of what Kevin's saying. That's the, yeah, yeah. Don't take a fucking jersey from Josh. <laughs> I'm not the one that believes in conspiracy theories here. I'm just going to go out there and buy my own Pitts jersey. Falcons versus the Giants in New York. I personally think this will just be a fun game to watch. I don't think the Giants are that good, to tell you the truth. I think they were lucky to even have a chance at the playoffs this year because that NFC least was horror-awful. Do you think the Giants would be a step better if Saquon could stay on the field? I mean, I guess that's pretty much an easy answer. Of course, they would be better if Saquon could stay on the field. But do you think he does stay on the field this year? I don't know, man. Like, he's had one good season. Uh-huh. He's it's, – it's tough. He's almost got that injury-prone title right now because he's just – he hasn't been there. And I remember having him – I think it was two years ago, I drafted him for – I had the first overall pick, and I picked him instead of McCaffrey, and that was when McCaffrey went off. Yeah, but Saquon, you, I mean, that – that's not a bad pick, though, fantasy-wise. I mean, Saquon was supposed to be a fucking superstar. You're right. At the time, it wasn't a bad pick. But, like, 
this year you're still a top 10 pick, I believe, in fantasy and everything like that. And he is a great player, but this is the problem with picking running backs in the first round, top five. Like, they get hurt a lot. They, t- they ha- get the most punishment. And before Danny Dimes, he was the only player there. So everyone focused on him, right? So if he can stay healthy, yes. I honestly think the Giants could win that division. <laughs> Even though they're not that good. I know I'm, I'm. I know I've been bashing them and everything like that, but the it does it does hang on uh, Barkley's health because Washington got the playoff spot. I'm a big fan of Ron Rivera, but they did they they had no quarterback there. They were just shopping through quarterbacks and everything like that. And I still don't think they have a quarterback. So, and do I think Danny Dimes is is a quarterback? I'm on the side of no, but there's so many weapons on that team now that. He, he has no excuse. Yeah, to, this is the make or break here. Yeah. So they have decent weapons across the board. So they, and their defense actually played surprisingly well last year. I did not think their defense was going to do as well as they did. And it was a big shock to me. But they played amazing. And, and that's what won the NFC least. And when I say NFC least, I mean NFC East. <laughs> I remember back when it was the NFC beast. Yeah. How times change. And wasn't uh, it was used to be the NFC worst too, right, Jess? <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was. We we were the other team that got a without a 500 record in there. <laughs> so that was yeah, that was embarrassing. Times, but I don't think about those times anymore. I think about the good times. <laughs> it's been great since McVeigh's come along. Like I said, winning seasons every every season, so can't complain about that. But we'll uh, mosey on to Mr. MVP. His team signs Blake Bortles, another Rams quarterback for the last two years. Now they have three first-round picks on Green Bay, which is kind of wild when you think about it, at least for quarterbacks to have three first-rounders on it. I've also heard that Green Bay wants – well, obviously Green Bay wants the reigning MVP back and everything like that, but they've given him a – significantly long contract with a lot of money. I have not seen what the amount is or anything like that, but apparently it's huge. And Mr. Rogers has not said anything. The, the Bortles contract is huge? No, no, no. no. Rogers. Oh, okay. I was going to say, what? <laughs> they, they offered him a huge contract and Rogers has, has not agreed to it at all. Yeah, yeah. He really does not want to play for that GM anymore. He, he's got a stick uh, up his ass on that like and you know maybe for a good reason we've talked about it before so you know i don't want to get in too much but you know i see both sides of the story there like a you got to play because you're a fucking player and you should just be just play but i understand if you're going to bring in quarterbacks kind of to undermine you as the starter I, i get where you pissed off but to suck it up and show that you are the starter and then this guy that they drafted means fuck all and that's what he needs to do. But he decides he needs to talk and cry about it. That's just A-Rod in general. Is he, he, he complains to yeah. the media. So I, I see both sides of it. But when you're Aaron Rodgers, I think you need to take the high road and show everybody that you are the MVP and that this doesn't bother you. And that this guy's going to be – it was a wasted pick. That's what you need to show Green Bay, that it was a wasted pick and this guy's never going to see the field in the next five years. That's what you need to do as Aaron Rodgers. Fuck everyone else. 
<laughs> that's really what he needs to focus on is fuck everyone else and show up and and do what he does and make everybody think well what was the point of drafting jordan love see i don't agree i i'm with rogers on this one if you you're fucking aaron rogers and the team wants to go draft the quarterback instead of getting you weapons or defense or whatever see ya i'm fucking aaron rogers i'll be well received pretty much by almost every other team all right you don't want to do what's best for me as the quarterback of this team. See you later. See, this is where I think it's more of a Green Bay thing. I think Green Bay is always worried of not being relevant because they really haven't been since they got Brett Favre. They hadn't been relevant for a while since then, which came from Atlanta Falcons. FYI, Kev. I knew that, man. Falcons drafted that mofo, and then they got rid of him before he even had a snap of a ball. Did you get a jersey? No, no, he didn't. Challenge. He he played. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, okay, the preseason. Fuck off, preseason shit. No, he he played in the game. He did not play a full regular, like one regular season for the Atlanta Falcons. No, he but he played a game. Well, first off, you never said that. You said a snap. He played a game. He played a couple games. Oh. Carry on. I'll look it up. All right. Anyways, so. Peter, I understand where he's coming from. He is Aaron Rodgers and blah, 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 blah. Is this, you know what this reminds me of is what happened with Garoppolo and Brady. Brady didn't want Garoppolo because he was too fucking good for him to be as a backup. And he was afraid he was going to lose his job is why he told him, get the fuck. Exactly. Exactly. I agree completely with that, Kev. And, but the thing was, was there's no media drama over it. Nope. And that's what uh, Aaron Rodgers does. I was just going to interject it with the uh, the answer to this challenge. In 1991, Brett Favre played two games for the Atlanta Falcons. He had four attempts, boom, zero completions, two picks. Do you know what his first uh, attempt happened there, Kev, in Atlanta? Wasn't that a completion to himself or some shit like that? Yes, it was. No, no, that was way back. No, it was not. It was an interception. And I won't challenge you, Peter, because I asked a question there. <laughs> Yeah, so this whole thing with Rodgers, he has been known as a drama queen and everything like that, and he's an L.A. guy where drama is. And the way the way that the Patriots were able to keep the Garoppolo situation held up for the most part until after the trade, and they still got a second-round pick for Garoppolo, which is crazy. It was the start of his last year, too, so we only had a couple, the last like five or six games in the season, and they... All they did was let him learn the offense and he won all the rest of it. So the Patriots did draft a good quarterback, I think in Garoppolo. And I think Brady played it out perfectly. And I think Aaron Rodgers is playing it out correctly, not perfectly in the way that he's involving the media, the way it is. But again, he has all the power right now being the reigning MVP. So I can agree and disagree on Peter's assess- assessment of Rodgers being the guy there. So the Giants signed the first round pick of uh, Calvin Benjamin as a tight end. The way this was set up was more or less David Gellman, who is now the GM of the Giants, is was the GM of the Panthers, which drafted Calvin Benjamin as a wide receiver. But they signed him as a tight end. He's big enough to be a tight end, I would say. Yeah, he's he's like six five or something like that. And yet he, he never had any speed. He just he could get open. But it's it's not shocking, but it, it'll be weird to see him line up as a tight end and hopefully his blocking is a hell of a lot better than compared to what it was was a wide receiver. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely definitely different signing a wide receiver as a tight end. He wouldn't think that just based on this 
typical size. Right. And then rolling into a tight end that was not originally drafted as one was Mr. Tim Tebow. We don't have any, I don't have any confirmation that he has been signed by Jackson, Jackson. <laughs> Sorry, I'm laughing at Kevin. He's Tebowing. <laughs> but uh, he's been on a six year hiatus trying to play baseball. So he's come, he's given up on that. And as we talked about, or maybe we didn't talk about, but we were going to, he retired from baseball because he sucks. Baseball's hard. So is football. <laughs> Especially switching position. But uh, yeah, he's drafted in the first round by Josh McDaniel with the Denver Broncos there. He had a nine and seven record as the, as the Broncos uh, starter. And he went on to play with the Jets because no one wanted him. And he went back to the Patriots and didn't do much there before he went into baseball. Now the huge issue here is with all people complaining about him getting a job or might be getting a job and not Mr. Kaepernick. If anybody needs to come back, man, Kaepernick definitely needs to be back as a football player. But he is coming back as a tight end. Tebow is. Kaepernick would. No, I know. I'm surprised that Tebow is. Like, can he play tight end? He's big enough to be a tight end, yeah. but but I don't think he can play it. He's pretty big, but he's not like a usual tight end, and he has no experience. No, well, exactly. Like, I'm sure he's probably an athletic guy, but can he fucking catch? Can he block? Can he? Yeah, exactly. I I think Rob Ninkovich said that he will fucking blow him up. <laughs> <laughs> like he's excited, or he, you know, if yeah, Ninkovich is still playing, so. Like he is excited to face him because he's he just wants to destroy this guy. <laughs> Fuck it, I'd be that same dude. That'd be me. Catch that ball. Catch that ball. Please catch it. Then I run you over. The whole argument between Kaepernick not getting a job and Tebow is is Tebow switched uh, position. I think the market is saturated at quarterback. Kaepernick didn't leave that great as a quarterback. Do I think there was some prejudice towards him? Absolutely. They didn't want it any of this political stuff in the NFL and he made it political, but I don't think, I don't think he could win a job to begin with because the quarterback market is saturated, not because he's, he's been blackballed, but because he won't be as good as the rest of them. I think he could have made a fucking bear squad last year. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying, man, that's not like, I'm just saying, I think he could have beat out. Like I easily think he could have beat out Trubisky and Foles. He could, Without Fields, he could fucking beat out Falls and Dalton this year, in my opinion. And he hasn't played in, what, fucking, it's got to be close to eight years now. Maybe not quite that much, but it's been a long time. 2016 was one of his last years. To me, like, I'm shocked he didn't get a job in 2017 or whatever the year he, he, was, he was let go by San Fran. And I don't know, man, like, he wasn't that good at the end of it. And maybe it was more or less he wasn't paying attention enough in football. San Fran was going through, like, they had their coach for a year and then switched it to Shanahan. So it's all up in the air, man. Like, it's – I want to see him sign for sure as a backup and hopefully see him in, like, even a preseason game just to see how good he is and everything like that. It's next to impossible to compare Kaepernick coming back to play compared to a – a team will coming to play a completely different position just based on the position. This might be a, a hot take, but 
is Tebow getting this opportunity because he's a white Bible thumper compared to just being a regular old black dude? I may be, right? Is it, but, it, but is Kaepernick willing to sit there and say, hey, I don't want to play quarterback then. Put me as a receiver. Have they offered anybody that? But, I mean, Tebow, sit there. He'll do whatever he can because the guy needs money. I mean, he's tried a baseball career. You sucked at that. You tried a football. Is that why he's doing this? Because he needs money? I wouldn't be shocked. I don't think okay. it is. I think he's just trying to make it as, as a, a sports guy. like An athlete, yeah. Yeah, an athlete. Sorry. He is an athlete. He's definitely an athlete, but, I mean. Okay, a professional athlete. You might, might want to choose a different kind of sport then, man. Well, he's been offered commentary jobs, and – Josh, you may be on something. I'm not going to try and get that political over. No, no, I don't definitely don't want to get into that, but that is definitely something that is to be looked at and maybe taken into account. The only reason I think he got hired was because of Urban Meyer. Only reason. That's a very big possibility too, right? Yeah. Or else no one else would have been like, tight end, are you, what are you smoking? Like, <laughs> the good stuff, man. <laughs> he's a Bible thumper, so he's not smoking anything. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if he's just there for trick plays. Won't ever actually play except for like a fucking weird yeah. tight end around pass. Fucking weird shit. <laughs> Maybe. I was six thinking the same thing. Just like a little bit of a handoff so he could throw the ball. Then we get we get to see that ugly ass wind up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can throw the ball better than that guy. Fuck, I really want to challenge that, but <laughs> how, how do I challenge Jesse throwing better than Tebow? <laughs> Jesse, have you ever played in the NFL? <laughs> have you won a heisman trophy he, he's got me there <laughs> no but he can throw a spiral it doesn't take me eight seconds to throw the ball <laughs> and it's a spiral yeah <laughs> one last piece of business just with the nfl eric fisher who was cut by kc chiefs signed with the colts to protect Carson Wentz blindside, $9.4 million deal here. I think this is a good deal. He's not going to start at the – probably won't be starting come the new year for the NFL. But it's a step in the right direction to replace Anthony Casanzo blindside for Carson Wentz. Uh, Anthony Casanzo retired this year, and Wentz obviously needs protection because he's got the tag of injury pro. Well, we'll get into our TFC here. They finally – Fucking won a game. TFC. We had uh, the TFC played a game uh, with uh, the Columbus. Bradley scored on the 17th minute. And then you had Altidore scored on the 87th minute to finally give themselves the first win, which is awesome. TFC. TFC. Thank you, U.S. men's national team. Yay. So let's hopefully this, this, this win will, you know, predict some more in in the near future, which I guess the Columbus actually won it last year. Did they not? They were in tops of the leagues or, or won it. You tell me, bud. Well, <laughs> sure. I'm telling you. That, Columbus. That's what he's telling us. Other stuff of news. Finally, Olympics are set. They're going to, they are on the go. They're going to start up uh, hopefully in there July 23rd to August 8th, which would be pretty sick. I'd like to see the Olympics. I'm a pretty sporting individual. Would love to watch the high jumps and what happens, yeah. And then our world hockey. This is the the world's world's hooky hockey, whoever had spoke before. <laughs> the world's hooky championship is about to start. 
Yes, the world's hooky championship is this basically it's undergrounds or the, the poor man's Stanley Cup because that's basically what it is. It's just people that didn't make it go over and try and play for something else, which is okay. We got some pretty good Canadians, which they're going pretty young this year, to be purely honest. There's not not too many veterans. They're actually taking some college kids and some uh, rook rooks to go ahead and do all this in the uh, the hockey worlds, which is pretty decent, which is pretty sick to be able to have some rook rooks in there. I heard Lafreniere uh, was, uh, he declined his invitation and he's the, the top end rookie that you, I mean, at least in the draft that you wanted to play, right? He didn't really uh, pan out to be the number one point getter, you know, one number one draft pick to equal points. He wasn't the superstar that everybody thought he was going to be, but interesting that he turned this down. Yeah. And it's been a weird year. I I don't blame anyone for saying, you know, and I'm just going to fucking shut her down for the year. It's been a weird one. We'll come back next year. And then we got some UFC stuff. I have my little correspondent here that gave me a little bit of a text. So the UFC card had everything from a guy getting his arm snapped in, snapped in half in a submission. So he didn't tap is what we're guessing? No. I guess he probably fucking tried to tap, but he couldn't because his arm was broken. Well, usually you tap with the other arm. <laughs> I don't oh, sure. But it, it depends on how the other arm is, man. I mean, if it's underneath his neck or something, I don't know. You can tap on anything. You can tap on your neck or you can tap on their guy. Is he just going to slam his foot on the ground? Sure. A tap's a tap, right? Is what you're getting at, which is decent. They're gro- are gross. Uh, there's been a few submissions. Yeah, that is kind of gross. I mean, did you see the last last one where Buddy has his like leg snap? That was pretty fucking sick. That's another one you kind of want to rewind and watch over again. Because I know I would. It's just you, Kev. It's just you. Oh, buddy, I'm just a sick, sick, twisted individual. Let me tell you. What. You get off on broken limbs. It sounds like. Yeah. And some violence. Yeah, man. Obviously, there's a few submissions. And in regards to the uh, second round knockout, it's been 10 years, 28 fights. Charles um, Oliveira finally gets his belt, defeats Michael Chandler. Uh, took 19 seconds in the second round to TKO him. Pretty decent fight. Pretty good fight. I don't like the decisions. I, I think decisions should be out. If it goes to decision, I think you should put another three-minute round just to finish it off. Like an overtime. Yeah, man. Sudden death. <laughs> Until someone gets knocked out. <laughs> fuck out. That's right. <laughs> fuck out or, or, or it's a tap out. I mean, fuck this decision shit. But, yeah, that's what I've got going on so far. And I guess we have some uh, horse racing going on again. Let's hope that. There's no horses going into other fucking stalls this time to get all doped up. Hey, Medina Spirit was allowed to race, man. So clearly they weren't all hopped up like you think, Kev. Well, I mean, if this this horse is sitting there going around to other stables, sitting there going, hey, what are you doing? And the other horses are going, no, what are you doing? Yeah, no, I don't I don't think it's pretty cool for horses to be fucking around <laughs> with other horses' stalls. But yeah, this this uh, Medina Spirit is in uh, the Kentucky Derby winner. He is two to one to win. He was. He was two to night. one. He finished in third spot. He was the favorite to win. Yeah. Oh well. Too bad. So sad. And that's probably all the juice in this kid. Uh, the the horse has been doing with other stalls. So we have uh, what that that Rombauer won it. 
He was eleven to one. Yeah, man, big upset. Big upset. Can you imagine that guy put two point five million dollars down yeah. on that? Damn. Yeah, but Dina Spirit was the the favorite there. That everybody thought, you know, like I said, two to one, they're gonna win. Midnight Bourbon three to one would be the second. A handful others, and then Rombauer, who I watched the race, and it was Medina Spirit and uh, Midnight Bourbon all the way for probably half, three quarters of the race. I can't remember the the name of the horse I took, but they got their asses kicked. They were <laughs> he he was in third place the whole round basically, and then fell off on the last maybe the second last turn right near the end, and then this Rombauer just fucking just lit a fire came out oh, of nowhere lit a yeah. fire under the horse's yeah. ass and just boom 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 juicing <laughs> yeah. Yep. yeah that's what i was gonna say there jesse they gotta check this horse man because he might have been fucking around with the stalls with spirit you know what i'm saying just all of a sudden rumbauer came up i couldn't fucking believe it i'm like this horse is flying josh is screaming at the tv fuck you rumbauer oh, I, I was because because my boy was in third but then dropped off and finished probably fucking last. So, <laughs> yeah, I was like, but actually, uh, my girlfriend had um, uh, Midnight Bourbon to win and finish second. So it wasn't a horrible bet for her, but uh, still lost, but it wasn't a horrible bet. It's always fun. It's the second, uh, the second installment of the old Triple Crown. And I'm not sure when the, uh, the next is, but it'll be fun no matter what. So, well, as we're moving on, then I guess, Jess, who are you throwing there in your penalty box, bud? I got Bryce Harper and Adubal Herrera in there for colliding in right right center field. Long Alex Avila, an RBI triple. Both had a shot at this ball here. I don't know if you guys have seen the video or not. But Bryce had the easier shot, who is MVP caliber in hitting and defense. He uh, He decided not to call it, and then he decided to go after it. And it hit the ground, and then he collided with Herrera there. <laughs> they both stumbled towards the ball to try and throw the ball in, and it honestly looked like Little League out there. <laughs> it was it was embarrassing for, for, for the Philly, any Philly fan, I would think, but it was, it was also really funny for me. <laughs> <because laughs> this has got to be on Herrera, though, no? He's the center fielder, so do you not pin this on him? All right. I, I blame both of them because they both kind of slowed down, but Bryce had a huge, if you look at the video, Bryce had a huge beat on it and he just, he stutter stepped longer than Herrera and then they both decided to go for it. And for whatever reason, Bryce decided to leave with his shoulder and just took him out at the head. Now it wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't like a huge like hit as per Kev's penalty box, but it was, Bryce is a is a big guy. Like he's like linebacker-ish. Like he's 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 pretty huge compared to Herrera. Her- Herrera is more of a, a speedy guy and everything like that. Whereas Bryce does has a lot of power and everything. But it was it was bad, is what I saw. It should have been an easy fly ball. Like I agree, I understand center field has has right to th- to ask him to fuck off there, but. Bryce had an easy beat on it, and maybe maybe something was said. I couldn't get, I couldn't find any video with the audio or anything like that. <laughs> but it dropped in front of them, and then they hit each other, which was <laughs> which was kind of funny. Oh, it was a, it was uh, in the sixth inning or so too, and the game was tied. So not, I don't know if it was to win the game or not. I can't remember, but it took the lead. 
It was costly regardless. Very costly, especially for a fly ball that was hit. Like it wasn't like a line drive. It was a fly ball. Like it was, a, it was in warning track area and maybe they got scared of the fences or, and each other. Like, I don't know. Like I said, it looked like a little league game, but uh, Kev, explain to me your collision. <laughs> this one was pretty intense. So I have uh, another kind of collision. Obviously, it's on the first baseline, not on, on the outfield. Hunter Dozier just basically popped this ball straight up in the air. And Jose Abreu collided on the first baseline. I mean, first baseman has his head up in the air. And as the base runner, as you're basically told from kid on up, head down, run hard. Well, did he ever. <laughs> These fucking guys just collided boom which they actually both needed actually like assistance getting off this this field we have uh, dozers right now on the seven day concussion list and abreu has uh, is basically listed as a day-to-day uh it, it was again just one was looking up which is abreu and the other was uh, head down running hard which is dozer i would put the injury on the lack of infield etiquette i mean balls in the air catcher I got it. Mine. First baseman. I got it. Mine. Would have definitely avoided this whole situation. It is what it is, but those those guys are in my box for not doing a heads-up ball game. It's crazy that you have uh, that Dozier was the one that's the worst of it that has the concussion. Oh, yeah. Like, it looked like Abreu got lit up there. <laughs> yeah, I'm watching it right Did now. Ever? Fuck, is it ever? Yeah, he, got, he had his head straight up in the air, so... Dozier plays for KC and he ended up in the air, as Kev said. And like he dodged the catcher. Yes, he did. He had to run around him. Yeah, he had to run around him. And then he put his head down. He was lifting his head up as he was just bowling over a Brayu. Oh. <laughs> that was a hard collision, man. Oh, These yeah. guys are going full tilt, both of them. I don't think they were it going like an... I think it could have been a lot worse if it was full tilt. I don't think they were going full tilt. I think they both were unaware of what was happening. And Hunter Dozier dodged the first guy, and I don't think he anticipated the first uh, baseman. Yeah, Abreu running in like that. Yeah, it looks like Abreu is at pretty well, pretty close to being full tilt for an infielder running in. But but Dozier is he's kind of stepping around, so he's not a full full tilt run. But he's leading with his shoulder. For sure, he is. He kind of ducks around the the catcher, and he's got his yep. his shoulder down. And stands up and then just it's pops up. fucking Abreu. <laughs> and, I, and I'm, like I said, I am shocked. Abreu was on a day-to-day where uh, the other guy's on a seven-day concussion shit. Yeah, like I would have thought Abreu would have been on the seven-day concussion. Like he looked like he was out. He hit the ground. Like not only did he get hit in the face by Dozier, he hit the ground like head first too in that. Oh yeah, it was quite the collision. Peter, who do you got in your box then, man? Well... It's not a baseball collision. (laughs) Uh, My box is the Buffalo Sabres. And the way that they are managing Jack Eichel's injury. And it sounds to me like Eichel wants out of Buffalo as a result of this and potentially how the team's been doing. Uh, But so Jack Eichel has a herniated disc in his neck. And it sounds like Eichel wants to get surgery to get the herniated disc fixed. But the team doctors disagree with that approach. I guess, I don't know what their approach is, but it sounds like they, I guess, want to leave it. But they are recommending against the surgery. 
<clears throat> and when uh, when asked if it was if it was his body and his decision to make, uh, he answered with, "It doesn't work like that. I wish I'm under contract with this team, and they definitely hold a lot of cards on what I can and can't do." And later on in that in that scrum, he was quoted as saying, "The most important thing now is to get healthy and be ready to play hockey next year." And then he says, "Wherever that might be." Yep. Which t- to me sounds like he is checked out of Buffalo, and he's. Wouldn't you? Uh, boy, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. But I don't know if he's officially asked for a trade or what. But it sounds like he wants to get the fuck out of Buffalo, and I put that squarely on the management of Buffalo and and how they've managed his injury and and the team in general, allowing it to get this bad and potentially losing one of the game's premier centermen. Really your guy in the box is the trainer for Buffalo, right? No, it's the whole, whole, whole organization. Whole organization. Oh, for sure. <laughs> for sure. Because it's probably more than just the injury that's leading him to want yeah, out. For sure. Like they suck. For sure. And they suck for a long time. Well, the last time actually Eichel was actually in the playoffs was 2011. And before then, there was four coaches and three GMs in six seasons. Challenge, then. challenge, challenge, challenge. Michael's 2011? He didn't yeah, play in 2011. Man. He wasn't drafted <laughs> <laughs> He was drafted in uh, 15, I want to say. Maybe 16. What's your answer? 15 or 16? We need to know. Oh, 15, 16, 15. I guess, is an answer. Because they do run over. No, 15. 15. The McEichel draft. 15, I think. Because Matthews was 16. The McEichel draft. <laughs> yeah. yeah okay so while somebody looks that up um you have had back injuries oh yeah buddy did you was your injury a herniated disc yes sir okay but it was in your lower back not your neck that's right now for a doctor to tell you to just hang tight and see if it's gonna fucking get better <laughs> like how do you feel about that you're giving me the finger i know you're giving the doctor the finger so yeah like, to, no, man, to me, you. that sounds like a fucking asinine thing for the Buffalo doctors to say, like, let's just wait it out. Like, you're a professional fucking player, a professional athlete in any sport. You don't want to see, well, just let it, let it ride out. Like, it's one thing if it was a fucking pulled hamstring, <laughs> not a herniated fucking disc, especially in your fucking neck. I think that's an asinine thing. I agree with you, Peter. The whole, this whole Buffalo Sabres, the training staff, the doctors, that's just that in itself deserves to be in somebody's penalty box. Yeah. Uh, I just don't know. I mean, if I was him, I'd want out. But where would he go? Where, where is he going to go? Minnesota? Rangers? Ducks? There would be so many teams that would take him, and every team would take him if they could afford him. That's right. I mean, there's there's too many out there that would definitely want them. And we've seen from Buffalo that they're not going to want much for them. Nope. I mean, they don't, they have no idea what what value is. So, like, yeah. give them fucking might get them for a poutines. second round pick. Yeah, man, give, give them a second round pick and three poutines, and you're good to go, right? <laughs> but for him again to go through four coaches and three GMs in six seasons is pretty fucking ridiculous. One of those coaches, he actually definitely got fired. All right, but is that not on Buffalo, like the owner or something like that? Like, because that's brutal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure, it's on the organization. It's just like football when a quarterback goes through two or three OCs in you know in a couple of years. For sure, that's on the organization. Okay, but in if you're going to go into football, Josh, look at your Bears. 
Like, yeah. really, no one knows what Nagy is yet. <laughs> Useless, man. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking know what he is. But the problem is, is the defense has been there. Right. And that defense has carried them. But the only issue is he's had Foles and Trubisky starting quarterback there. Right. But you have to give a guy. And he got Trubisky into the playoffs. And he got in the playoffs. Yeah, but at least they're giving Nagy a, a chance to go a few years. This guy, each each coach, Kev, you said is, is what was it, three coaches in four years? Is that what you said? Four coaches. Four coaches and three GMs in six seasons. Like, that's tough. You're getting a change of philosophy every fucking year. Agreed. That's tough, man. Right? Agreed. But I, I think, yeah, I, I guess what I'm saying with Nagy is I believe in him. I don't believe in your GM. Fair enough. Pace. He's the whole thing to trade up for Trubisky there with San Fran because they thought they are afraid. The only other thing I can think of there is, is San Fran was going to trade with someone else. That's the only thing I can think of why they did that. They still picked the wrong guy regardless of why they traded up. <laughs> yeah. Like, they blew by Mahomes and, and, Je- Sean, uh, and Watson. So. Yeah. But just like you said, though, Pete, I think he's definitely out. Eichel's not going to be staying in Buffalo for too much longer. He's definitely going to be gone. Yeah, good chance he moves this season, this offseason. But, yeah, they, again, from what I've heard, that Minnesota, again, is one of them. Rangers, Ducks, and the Kings are basically like who are the big frontliners for him. He's still on a contract, is he not? Last yeah. year. This is I mean, this coming years is last for, year. For it's for his regards to like I mean trade clause. I mean he can sit there and say yeah I want to be traded now. I guess I don't know under contract he said he had to trade trade shit, but yeah he's gonna waive that stuff to go. Yeah, but he's under contract for a while. He's yeah, he's on like year three of an eight year deal or something like oh, that. Oh okay okay okay. For ten million a year, like he's not cheap, but he's no. probably worth it. Especially if you put some pieces around him. Yep. And it looks like Jesse did confirm that he was drafted in the 2015 draft. Boom. Bang. Nailed it. Yeah, Kev, he's 24 years old right yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> well, then maybe I should have stated then the last time the Buffalo Sabres were in the Stanley Cup or in the finals was 2011. Eichel was not there. Eichel was in high school. <laughs> <laughs> Josh, your penalty box. All right, boys. We're going to go back to some baseball. There's not a collision, though. And I'm bending the rules a little bit because I'm going back, uh, you know, about a week and a half. Glaber Torres. Yeah, yeah, I'm allowed to do it every once in a while. So, Glaber Torres scores from first base on an Aaron Hicks infield single, which means that the Astros are in my box. Sorry, the Asterix are in my penalty box (laughs) when they play the Yankees. So, how does a guy sitting on first base score on an infield single, you might ask? So, there's the ball is hit, Torres heads to second, he rounds second, realizes that because they're in the shift on Aaron Hicks, the defense is, that is, that there is nobody covering third base. So, he decides, well, I'm already at full fucking tilt, I'm going to make this turn, and I'm going to go to third base. The catcher from the uh, the Astros Maldonado just realizes that holy fuck he's going to third base and there's nobody covering third base so he sprints up the 
the baseline from home to third to try and catch the ball to attempt to tag him. Clay Bartoros is pretty fucking smart ball player. He realizes that now that Maldonado has come up to third base, there ain't nobody sitting at home. Torres at full tilt rounds third base and just blows by Maldonado because obviously at a standstill, you're not going to catch anybody that's in that's running full tilt from third to home. Glabar scores. He scores the run from third because nobody realizes that nobody's covering. They look to throw back, but oh, nobody to catch the ball. That's probably on the pitcher at that point, but that's besides the point. So Glabar scores on an infield single from first base. Now it was a great play, great heads up play by Glaber. Got me a bunch of fantasy points because of this. <laughs> but the Yanks still lost 7-4, so the Houston Asterix still had the the last laugh on that one. But I I just thought it's crazy. Oh, how shucks, the Yankees lost. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But how like how do you miss that? And even Carlos Correa, he fumbled the ball. It was, it was hit to him and he kind of fumbled it on the, you know, attempt to pick it up and then throw it to second, but he just kind of held on to the ball afterwards. He, he was like, well, I can't throw it to third because sure, nobody's yeah, there. there. And I then he's like, oh home. shit, I can't throw it home. So <laughs> no, there. nothing on Carlos Correa here other than he, you know, he flubbed the ball to begin with, but where the fuck else was he going to throw it? I, I just saw the, the video of it and yeah, he fumbled the ball a bit. But then he just gave it to the – I know he's the shortstop usually, but he was, like, playing right behind second when he got it. Yeah. And then he – I don't know, maybe it, the third baseman. It would have been the third baseman he flipped. Yeah, so he gave it to the third baseman, and then the third baseman's looking around. He's like, there's fucking no one there. <laughs> there's nobody to throw to. There's nobody to throw to. Yeah. So, Carrera, just throw the, the ball to the third baseman, and, like, I'm dumbfounded how this got that messed up. Like, you just saw Torres, like – Everyone was frozen and him running the bases. He just kept running around. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. It was a, it was a pretty wild situation. And so, although it was, it's a, you know, from the previous week, I figured uh, I wasn't around last week for the show. So I figured that this one would be okay for me to bring into my penalty box. And it's just crazy. It this, is this, crazy. This was able I, to happen. And I, I can't believe I didn't see this or anything like that of any sort, but like it's mind boggling that, no one knew where the, the fuck how to play baseball. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Oh, and that I thought my, my penalty box was, was Little League. Like, this is brutal. <laughs> I think I'd just throw the ball home. Just throw it to nobody. Just say, fuck, I did my job. You're going to see the, the yeah, guy from first go <laughs> to second then. Exactly. You have another guy running around. Exactly. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Okay, boys, I think that's pretty much uh, that's it for today. So let's go over our scores. Pedro, you got uh, the weekly and then the season scores? Yeah, so I, uh, if I got this right, memory's not so good. Uh, I got the fucking Bobcats, who are actually the Hornets and have been for a long time. <laughs> so yep. that, that's a minus one for Peter and a plus one for Josh. Uh, then you got Brett Favre playing for the Falcons. That's a plus for Jesse and a minus for Kev. Taking a snap. Uh, yeah, whatever. And then we got Eichel in uh, 2011. He did not play then. And so that's a plus one for Beener and a minus one for Kevin. I think that's everything. Yep, that was it. A long show for not a lot of sparkles. <laughs> <laughs> no, but we fucking laughed a bunch, so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
Oh, yeah. We had a good time. Obviously lit. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe Sunday nights are going to be a good good show. Hopefully the uh, listeners are having as much fun as we are. Uh, So that brings our season totals. Peter stays at plus four. Uh, Kevin drops down to minus seven. Oh. Mamma mia. Jesse moves up to plus two. Boom. Josh moves up to minus two. Yeah. And that's it. Wow. Fuck, Kev. You need to, <laughs> you need to catch Peter. <laughs> oh, shit. And, but we still got an, a possible three points coming up with our uh, NBA uh, picks. Or, sorry, NHL picks. I was going to say. Should yeah. challenge me. Should <laughs> challenge us. <laughs> Wouldn't be the first time I got challenged during the fucking score section, Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up then. (laughs) (laughs) All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to episode 17 of Points of Pallies, our first Sunday night. We need dark drinks. Oh, for fuck's (laughs) sakes. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right. Pete, why don't you tell us how was your drink? Uh, My drink was good. It was was on the lighter side, but it was good for a nice sunny Sunday like today. I think I even got a bit of a sunburn today. <laughs> That's good stuff. Uh, but yeah, it was good. Nice, easy drink. When beer. don't you burn? Eh, when it's winter. <laughs> <laughs> so what did you have though? It was good. But what did you? Yeah, have? great. Great. <laughs> I Lakes can't Brewing. fucking remember. Great Lakes Brewing Burst, a New England Pale Ale. It was a cool can. That was about yeah. Good. It's got an explosion <laughs> on the can. An oh. explosion. Oh, on the can. It's good stuff. Kev, how was your drink? My cerveza Mexican lager was pretty decent. And I was I fucking went down pretty quick too. It's a river head made out of Kingston, 4.5%. Very tasty. I just like the uh, sugar sugar skull. Of course pretty you cool. do. Yeah, I don't know. You know me, I'm into my skulls. And obviously the MVP beer as well. Very yummy. Boy, Kev. Way to bring that up, man. Great, uh, great initiative from MVP. We, we love those guys. Yeah. So then, uh, oh, Josh, how was your drink? Mine was pretty fucking good, boys. 8.2%. I'm a little bit loopy, but uh, it was really good. It's a IPA number 15 from Collective Arts Brewing out of Hamilton. Very tasty. I uh, had a little bit of a citrus taste and uh, I really enjoyed it. Probably going to have another one. Unfortunately, this was one of the a bunch that I bought of one of each. So I wasn't able to have a second one. I uh, went to the, some backup beers after. And uh, of course, during halftime there, we, we cracked the MVPs. So pretty damn good. The IPA number 15 from Collective Arts would definitely get it again. Uh, Jesse, how was your drink? Black Swan was pretty decent. Uh, a few of them they weren't the tall boys that i usually get yeah it was just 4.5 percent. but uh what got me was it was called road trip a golden ale which i can't wait to go on another road trip this is and maybe to buffalo down i will be drinking those all weekend if i if we're going down to buffalo because it is it is a good beer it's uh like i said it's 4.7 so it's a little light but super tasty and it's local here in stratford awesome guys so thanks for coming out tonight thank you for listening to 
episode 17, our first Sunday nighter here on Points and Penalties. I had a fucking blast. I think Sunday nighters might be the uh, might be the thing to do. Hopefully, as be like you said, hopefully our listeners enjoyed it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> if they didn't, well, too fucking bad. We Fuck did, em. right? <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, we, I mean, we love you. We love you. Yeah. We love you. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, so to our listeners, please subscribe wherever you get your pods. Give us a like and follow on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Points Penalties. And until next week. Stay, Stay out, out of the, the penalty, penalty box. box.